0: allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible,
1: with liberty and justice for all.
2: Well, welcome, everybody. It's Friday, June 21st. It's summer shows. <laughs> We're going to have a public forum first. Of, first of all, a comment. We have a new agenda, new format. I, well, thanks, Terry, for putting it together. It looks very organized. <laughs> okay. And if the board has any feelings about it, please comment about it. Let's move on to uh, any changes to the agenda. Cindy, do you have anything?
3: Uh, staff would like to pull item 2A from consent calendar. And well, to get that when we go to consent calendar, but otherwise there's no other changes to the agenda. Okay.
0: Move approval. Second.
2: Move and approved. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Let's move on to the action items then. Well,
4: I think on, we'll go to... Oh. we kind of skipped there, and then we go to
2: Well, the public forum. Public but... forum. doesn't
3: yeah. look like anyone's here for public forum.
2: Anything? Roger, you got anything back there? You just like a Cheshire cat?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk about Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <love> Ralph. <laughs> oh, about what? Ralph. Oh, about Andrew. That does Ralph.
1: I'll smile this because <laughs> of the picture.
6: Okay. Ready.
2: Bring nothing on the public. We'll close that uh, consent calendar is taken care of. Thank
3: you. Well, we haven't taken care of it. We just suggested we pull item pull two items. A. Yeah. So I don't know if the board has other
7: items. Any items? Out. The board. No. Nope. Pull.
1: no
2: nope. Your motion to approve the consent calendar. I
8: would move we approve all items of the con- consent calendar except for item two A. I'd like to
2: second. That. And I
3: need to leave those two contracts with our boss. Sorry. Okay.
8: All in favor? Aye. 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 Aye.
2: Aye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let me run. <laughs> we had a two. On two a,
3: the finance committee uh, heard a presentation, um, but we didn't have a full finance committee, so Director Rankins heard the presentation on the phone system. I forgot about it. Uh, replacement selection. And uh, so we uh, wanted to bring this forward. Ramona and Sean will handle this item.
9: Thank you, Cindy. I'll just interview, introduce Sean. He's been the one heading this project, he's done an exceptional job. And, um, Sean, if you just want to step up to the mic and just tell a little bit about that. If you turn to what's the page in the um, D2. Yeah, D2. Thank you. We'll take you to the memorandum, but Sean can give you all the details.
7: All right, thanks. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. Um, we've spent the last couple months looking into phone system replacements for the district. Uh, I think as you guys are all aware, our phone system is uh, pretty old and outdated at this point. It's pretty costly to, uh, to repair, and, and we don't really have a lot of ability to self-administer the system. So over the last couple of months, we've spent a considerable time, uh, amount of time researching options. We uh, developed a request for proposals. We identified five different vendors and submitted that uh, proposal request for proposal to the five vendors. All five of them returned uh, returned proposals, and. Once we received the proposals, we had uh, we had three different systems. We didn't we didn't actually define the system, uh, the type of phone system or the brand of the phone system, uh, in our proposal to allow for a little bit more flexibility in the in the vendor that we would select. So we uh, once they were returned, we had three different systems proposed. Uh, Brian and I, Brian Cool, our IT consultant, uh, spent some time reviewing the actual systems that were proposed. Of the three systems, we chose an Avaya IP office system. It's a digital hybrid phone system. It's not a voice over internet system. Um, That will allow us to use the existing phone lines we have in our building, so reduce the cost and and allow us to use the existing infrastructure. Um, Once we we chose that Avaya system as the the best system for the district, then we looked at there was two different vendors that proposed uh, on the exact same Avaya system. So then we followed up and started researching the vendors, following up with um, references, and one uh, vendor clearly stood above the other in terms of their references, um, their staff experience, and so that vendor was FCC Communications. They're out of Sparks. It's so a local vendor, um, local, regionally <laughs> local. There's not a lot of uh, phone system vendors uh, in our in our regional area here, so, um, and so. In your in your package, there you have the the proposal from SEC Communications. Um, it was uh, the lowest uh, um, cost proposal for the of the two of I Systems. Um, so. Really, I think if, unless you guys have any further questions for me about the actual system, I'd be happy to answer any of those. But today, we're just asking for your recommend or for your approval of uh, us entering into a contract with FCC Communications to purchase a new phone system.
3: Great, thanks, Sean.
2: Okay, Dan.
8: Will the new system allow each uh, person to have their own direct dial lines? Yes. it will. Mm-hmm. Good.
2: Judy, do you have
4: I, I just have a quick
6: question. Um,
4: given that they're in Sparks, mm-hmm. thank you. Given that they're in Sparks, can they be here really fast? Because if something happens, you want them here really fast.
7: Yes. Um, you know, one of the one of the nice things about the system, and, and one of the things that we looked at pretty closely when we were looking at these systems, was the ability for us to administer the system. Um, so. Uh, you know the actual phone systems themselves. Um, you know what we've experienced with our phones is really there's not a lot of problems with the phone system. It's more of an administration. So this system will allow us to do the administration through a, through a software interface. So both Brian and myself will be trained on that on that software interface. Um, so there shouldn't you know in our experience with our phone system and and the others. Uh, some of the other companies that we checked with uh, locally that were using similar phone systems they don't seem to have a lot of problems with the phone system themselves they will have remote access capabilities so they can uh, remotely get into our system to administer it so physically there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of issues we will have some backup phones in case a phone goes down mm-hmm. um, okay. but yeah i mean we feel pretty confident uh, if that was one thing that stood out with fcc communications mm-hmm with their references was their uh, response time and their customer service.
2: Thank you. Is there room in uh, your new computer room for this? So the actual
7: the actual phone system will stay in our network uh, room where our current phone system is, um, because of the way we designed the server room. Um, basically, we can have one one cable running into our switch that's in our new server room that will allow us to access the software interface from the from the server room. But the actual uh, PBX system that will go in the rack in our phone in our phone and network.
2: Does it have enough cooling in that room for it? Yeah,
7: should sure. yeah. the, the actual phone system uh, itself is a pretty pretty small little little server. It's actually going to reduce the size of what we've got hanging on the wall there by by quite a bit. It's
2: like, um, uh, go on the Eric, do you have anything?
10: Um like I said, yeah. I don't know if it's even it's a, a smart, smart question or not, yeah. but if people can access it remotely but uh, how easy is it to? Like hack into it, or and what kind of information would you get out?
7: Of it? Sure, it's 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 a secure system. I mean, the the reason we'll actually have Brian set up a VPN, so a secured VPN for them to have access into that system. So there's a, a series of of uh, security measures that will be in between that phone system, but there'll be a specific IP address that allows them to get in with a password into that admi- administration of that of that phone system, and really, it's going to be. It's really the the access that they will have is just to the administration console. So it would be it would be you know programming voicemails stuff like that. If we will make sure they
10: hacked in, there wouldn't be much to get, right? Yeah,
3: yeah.
7: They could turn all the, my phone calls. They, they <laughs> could change. <laughs> <though> I appreciate <laughs> that. <Or to> <laughs> they could change the message on our voicemail. <laughs> yeah.
9: And Sean, we'll know when they're in our system.
7: Yes. Yeah. 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 They'll they'll never access our system. Without but it our, is a good question because yep. because
3: they have access. We have to make sure it's a secure portal that can get into the rest of the network, only into the phone system. So, that's a, that's a good question. And, and I think um, when I first came to the district, every management meeting we talked about the problems of the phone system. So, it was relatively new 23 years ago. So, um, we haven't changed it. There's so many features now. I think just replacing a phone set now. Uh, because of the age of our system is four, five, seven hundred. Yeah, they can range.
7: They're they're so at this point. They can range from three hundred to five hundred dollars to replace it. Just a, just phone. one a desktop phone. A so the, the new desktop phones that we're looking at are about one hundred and twenty dollars yeah. to replace. So. so,
3: and there are a lot of features. When we're out in of the office, they can we can forward our calls directly to our cell phones. So you don't have to go through our voicemail, then call back and call my cell phone. You you'll get transferred right to my cell phone.
6: Yay! Yeah, exactly. Wanna be yeah, if yeah, I, I so shoes? So, <laughs> Yippee! So,
3: and, and also uh, caller uh, ID, which I know for the department managers and myself, so we get cool. a lot of cold calls for sales and things, yeah. and we'll have caller ID so we can screen those a little bit better and not get on the phone with somebody looking for to sell us something that we don't need. Uh, we'll appreciate that, right, Roger? <laughs> and Tony? Judy,
6: Judy has
0: a
4: uh, come. Oh, going to move something. approval of staff <laughs> <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> Thank with- you. I move approval of staff recommendation. Second.
1: Move and second. Favor? Aye. Aye. Thanks,
2: John. Aye.
6: Then-
2: he's done a phenomenal Great job. job. Yeah. He's researched every avenue in this one. Sean, I just want okay. to thank you for that very thorough proposal. It was a riveting reading. Okay, Mr. Turner.
3: Well, Ralph has Fridays off.
5: So yes. Bob and Roger, we have a picture, but that's not the
11: <laughs> picture for you. I'm going to go ahead and have Roger get started on talking about Ralph.
5: Ralph, what do we say about Ralph? All right. Uh, good morning again, everybody. Uh, Ralph started as a seasonal in 2000, June of 2000, and became a full-time field supervisor in 2003. So today we're looking at his 10-year, and it's been a great 10 years. And he's been with me for about five and a half years. And I'm very, very proud to stand today and talk about him. Uh, Ralph is uh, cur- he currently sits on the uh, safety committee. And Ralph always strives for being the icon of safety, as you can tell by the picture. Uh, Ralph dresses uh, every day in that apparel that you see there, means he works on the trails and along the roads and highways and things of that nature. And he also encourages everybody from seasonal to myself you know, where's your vest at when you're on the street? So Ralph's, Ralph's a safety icon, and, and uh, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, Ralph has been the recipient of the LeBounty Safety Award numerous times, from uh, cowbell to, to uh, crickets on the roof for snow sliding. So uh, I think I've kind of lost count of how many times he's actually got that award, but I believe it's three, if not more. So and I encourage him to continue on with that. So.
3: And that's a statewide award process through Aqua JPIA. So when I mean, he competes for that, he's uh, competing on and the you,
5: state. You have to admit the cowbell was was definitely a a special occasion on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ralph just recently studied uh, uh, and worked very hard and got his qualified applicator's license through the state of California. And this certification allows him to uh, apply and understand and uh, keep track of fertilizers and pesticides safely and accurately. Uh, It's a great uh, certificate to have in our line of work in parks and recreation. Uh, Ralph is a can-do employee, as I think most of us know. Anytime a project comes up, Ralph's the first one to jump on it, and uh, he's the first one to volunteer to get it done, and, and we've had some some recent projects from the lakeside trail opening to working on the golf course and Ralph's the first one to volunteer for the, that type of work and he does a fantastic job doing it. Uh, he's truly a jack of all trades from carpentry to, to, to grading to asphalt repairs so he's a great guy. Uh, I look forward to many years with Ralph and the district's very fortunate to have him and I hope he hangs around for many years to come. Indeed, uh, Pete's worked with him for a number of years, and he'd like to say a few things about it as well.
6: Okay. Mm-hmm.
8: I got thrown into this just because I came with you, Roger, but uh, <laughs> Ralph really is a true standout employee. I've worked with him for his whole career here. He's grown a lot as a supervisor, and uh, he's a true asset to the team, so we, we really like having him around, and so hope we can enjoy many more years with him. Thanks,
11: Pete. Well, Thank uh, just quickly, I want to reiterate that uh, you know he he does have this commitment to safety, he, it, and that's district wide, not just within the Parks Department. He he really he, he really shows uh, the proper uh, etiquette for safety. Um, he has taken ownership of the trail. He he owns that trail, and that's really nice to have staff that take ownership. Um, so uh, you know he thinks about the from the morning he wakes up till when he goes to bed. He's thinking about those trails. That's nice to have. Um, really proud to have him on staff. I think Roger hit most of the points, but uh, it's great to have him and hope we have him for several more years.
2: Okay, thanks, Bob. you have anything?
4: Yeah. I echo all that. Maybe he's watching on Granicus. Yeah. He said he sure is. is. Really? Yeah, well, he you are Ralph. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank
2: you. Bye, Ralph. Are we on Granicus for him then?
12: Thanks, Ralph. Here's your forever.
2: award. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. Good work.
9: If
3: you can pull an excerpt and send them
2: to YouTube after this, I just wouldn't have to do that this week. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, let's go to you item
3: two. To item two is an update from Dunkin' Golf. Um, I met with Scott last week, and um, he gave me a lot of great information on Dunkin' Golf uh, what they are doing at Tahoe City Golf Course this year, and I thought the board would like an update uh, from them. And so Scott's here with us this morning and prepared a short PowerPoint.
12: Yep, a short PowerPoint should only take me about an hour, hour and a half. To get through. <laughs> yeah, Good luck with that. Uh, we did meet last week. Scott, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we know you're kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did meet last week. Share a lot of information with Cindy that um, some of you may not know. So we'll go through it uh, here briefly, kind of where we started. Um, What we've accomplished and where we're going. So, the three R's of 2012 was uh, restructuring the facility, reestablishing the facility, and then rebranding the Ottawa City Golf Course. Throughout the presentation, we'll kind of touch base on these and kind of do a a recap uh, towards the end. We took over operations uh, beginning of April, gained access to the property, began immediately into the uh, interior of the building. We started selling passes April 7th um, and had first golfers on the course last year, April 21st. Uh, installed the four reservations POS uh, throughout the month of April, and then we remodeled the kitchen, which took a little longer than we had anticipated due to some deep cleaning, code issues, uh, refrigeration issues. Uh, so, didn't get that up until May 1, so it was a little bit slow getting the kitchen open. Uh, Again, food and beverage operations began May 1st. Like I just touched base, we had numerous delays getting open. Uh, we battled and continued to battle. We didn't know you were open. Apparently in the past, the restaurant was open, closed. Uh, we definitely kind of kept that going as well because of the seasonality of the property. Um, and then the golf season in May was a slow start for us. Down in the valley, we have a very busy May. Up here, the weather can be very uh, cold, as uh, you all are well aware of and, and new to us. So uh, very slow, just about 28 players a day, or 15 players a day, and uh, paid players a day, and 28 member players. June, June started off really good, and I put for the first week, which that's kind of uh, a little bit of an overstatement, the first to the third. We had temperatures in the 70s. And then had snow on the fourth, so it just kind of shut us right back down again. So I put a big ouch there because we thought we were off of the races, and all of a sudden got shut back down again. Uh, throughout the month, the weather uh, got very nice and rebounded really good. Uh, almost close to 60 players a day, and finished just under 1,800 rounds. July and August, which I'm sure you all are well aware of, the town just absolutely uh, populated. Uh, we were off the charts. Finished July with 3,000 rounds. With, for a nine hole golf course is pretty, pretty busy. A hundred golfers out there a day is pretty full from um, about nine o'clock on. You really can't do all that much more unless you just had it completely full. So that we were very excited about that. Food and beverage was doing pretty good. Just over $700 a day. August mimicked um, July with 2,500 rounds, close to 82 a day, and uh, just slightly under 700 in, in food and beverage sales. September and October, we you know there's a, a real big drop off after Labor Day, um, town kind of emptied out, school started, um, the, the same things I guess, you know, you all are probably well aware of, but we, we were kind of figuring it out as we went. Um, food and beverage still did really good for daily averages, we did have four big events in September uh, that kept our averages up, and then October, it absolutely just shut off for us and, and the golf rounds went down. Uh, had some some, uh, cold weather early in October and then we closed the golf course uh, November 2nd. Um, To recap the year so uh, as you all know we went through the RFP process there wasn't much hysterical financial data uh, and what we had wasn't um, all that trustworthy so we restructured by setting up policies and procedures throughout the year daily operations. We I uh, feel like we regained the customer's confidence of having a true professional company run the, the golf course. And then we had a, a continual effort, which we still do today, to rebrand the golf course. We established a new logo. Uh, we built a, a pretty successful database to deliver our weekly message. And then just the foundation of having Dunkin' Golf Management on Authority has helped brand, brand the new golf course. Total rounds for 2012, we did just over 11,000. Um, 6,300 of that was paid rounds of golf, 4,700 of that is member play. We like to fix those percentages and, and try to get more to a, a, a 30% member play, 70% paid rounds, which is just going to take some time to, to get there, and we're still figuring out. But that's our, our ultimate goal. I uh, feel pretty successful doing that. In the RFP, I think we had, um, it was stated that they between 9,000 and 12,000 rounds. We got just over 11 so we're happy with our first year Uh, what we learned in our first year that the shoulder seasons are going to be very important to involve the local golfer and the shoulder seasons for us will be April May June for the most part of June and then October and uh, weather permitting potentially November Uh, early season opening which proved to be this year uh, with, with the wonderful weather is uh, incredibly important for pass sales golfers that can get out there at the local golf that's going to be a pass member can access the golf course through the month of April and May and it helps us get some early sales. Um, the location of the golf course and uh, lack of signage does make it difficult for the walk-up traffic. We don't have someone that's walking down on the main street just popping in for lunch. So, um, We've, we've talked in depth with Cindy and Bob about how we can improve that, um, and that's that's just the challenge of the business and the location of the golf course. Uh, the season is extremely short up here, so it can be operationally challenged with staff when we are uh, really only full staff for about a three-month period, and then we're shoulder staffing from there. Um, one thing that we've found through other golf courses, the Reno market, um, is not fully exposed to the top of the city. We have many of our members that uh, have been members of Run for uh, over 12 years and have never been here. Um, a lot of people I talk to, and I live in Reno, don't know about Tall City and the golf course, so we've done some things to help uh, with that. And then there's just anything and everything to do up here during the summer, so it makes it difficult to get golf on people's schedule when they're up here, boating, hiking, and everything that there is to do. So golf uh, which I think we have an advantage being an i hope golf course, it doesn't take that long to play, but it is a challenge with all the events that happen up here in Tomlin. Uh Multi-year accomplishments, uh, we were reminded, so we tend to be uh, impatient and in want instant success, but uh, we are reminded throughout the year that some of the things we do are going to have an instant return. Some of them are going to take 6, 12, 18, and put up here ultimately 36 months to come full fruition. We truly believe that we'll improve each and every year, but there are some things that are going to take multi-year to, to really get people back to Tahoe, and get our members up here from our other clubs, and <laughs> so on. some things will take a little longer. Um, as we do with all our properties, we'll continue to evaluate and adjust uh, each and every day to atmospheric and economic challenges. Uh, the Dunkin' Cup, we do a Dunkin' Cup in Bob Tahoe City uh, in our Dunkin' Cup, which is a membership uh, for all of our memberships. Um, it was a good chance for the Tahoe City members to engage with our Wolf Run and Dayton members. And uh, fortunately enough for them, they won on the last hole of the second day. So Tahoe City took the Duncan Cup up in the clubhouse right now. The other wonderful thing was that our members in Reno were exposed to the Tahoe City members. So they developed relationships throughout the year. And now they're playing. Tahoe City members come down and play their the members from the Wolf Run, Dayton Valley come up play Tahoe City. So it was a nice bringing everything together to them. And they want, so everyone's got a target on their back right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we developed a database. We started at zero, um, built uh, just over 1,000 people. We sent out a weekly email during the season where we're at 25 to 30% open rates, which uh, we're, we're pretty happy with. Uh, we, we built it in, in multiple threads. I put a couple of things we did. We did a dollar raffle. Um, for a 2013 membership to all three BGM golf courses and uh, the next slide will show how we gathered that. We attended the Hagen Oaks Golf Show last year represented Tahle City as long as our other properties there collected a lot of data uh, and then we do a member of the month promotion at uh, Bullies and Mount Rose in Carson City which is kind of both ends of it and the Bullies both located, the Bullies and Mount Rose is located by Wolf Run. Boys and Carson City is located by Silver Oak, so they're both big golf markets that, that frequent the restaurant. Uh, we're also in Sierra Gold and Sparky's, uh, in Reno and Sparky's is the other end of the corridor on 80, uh, also located next to uh, Lake Ridge Golf Course, so we have another good golf clientele. Um, and what we do for them, the, the, the picture on the left there, it actually goes in the back of a bill jacket. Mm. So at these restaurants, when you finish your meal, you get presented your check, on the back of there is, is all the golf course that we run. Gives an opportunity to give them an email, check which email they would like to be part of and updates. Uh, and then on the right there was what we did for the one uh, of 2013 membership with the same data catcher on the back side of that. Uh, the Duncan Golf Management Truck, which I'm fortunate enough to drive around. It's and right out front. And, uh, <laughs> very well where I go. Um, We've got Tahoe City now on there, I travel about 35,000 miles annually, um, so all of our golf courses try to get to every golf course at least once a week, uh, sometimes multiple times, which turns into some long days. But uh, The DGM truck to this day still gets uh, a lot of ooze, ahs, um, it, it's a golf course on wheels. Um, we now compete in five grades annually, um, and we're in Snowfest this uh, this past year up here in Tahoe. And there's our... Our snow fest in Tahoe City is large on the truck there. Uh, member guests, we had uh, our first annual DGM member guest, which included all of our golf clubs. Uh, we did the first day up here in Tahoe City with a Skins game and had multiple people that competed never be here before, or never been here before. So that was really nice. The Skins game teed off, I think it was 3 o'clock. Uh, had a blast that two teams from Tahoe City compete. And we were fortunate enough to have the owner of the El Dorado um, compete in our member guest. He had never been up here before, so it was wonderful exposure for him to get up here, experience Tahoe City, and, and see what we have, we have to offer up here. Uh, exposure to our other DGM properties. We uh, were fortunate enough to get another golf course this past year, Fallon Golf Club. Um, we have promotional material uh, in all of our golf shops with all the golf courses, including Tahoe City. Uh, We also offer discounted greens fees at the other properties, uh, increasing value to the season pass up here in Colorado City. Costco, we ran a promotion over the holidays with Costco. Um, We were in Spanish Springs, Reno, and Carson City, um, all very uh, good golf markets to expose Colorado City. We sold 167. total income of DGM was 14000 We had uh, Thousand City's portion was 5000 It's a deep discount at 48% if you consider 100% redemption. We don't think it will get close to that, maybe 70, but the um, effective dollars for advertising is phenomenal to so those markets that haven't been exposed in to Kyle City. Uh, we're now in Golfing Nevada. Uh, our other golf course has been in uh, quite a few years. But we've got Cabo City in there this year. Uh, it's distributed throughout the uh, western United States to target golf markets. We are in process of developing an ad to go uh, right here in town in the kiosk. Uh, just actually just got the final yesterday so that should be getting uh, approved and, and hung uh, here in the next week or so. Grand and Grand LaVaca has been wonderful to us and, and uh, very supportive. They put us on all of their promotional material uh, inside the hotel. Um, we also have a direct line from um, their phone system to the golf course. And we've offered uh, their guests free, free cart rental and free uh, rental club. <laughs> Tall City, um, Snowfest am afraid talked about this a little earlier. We had the uh, Tall City Golf Club come out and help decorate the, the uh, the float, as well as the high school team, and uh, that was actually a really fun parade and very intimate group, and uh, we had a good time. Uh, just this past weekend, we've, we've got magnets up in all the boats, or all the uh, buses for Towson Golf Course, uh, one with the logo and then saying that we're behind Save Mart. Um, this is a wonderful relationship for us that we just got established, and just as of yesterday, We're giving all of their employees 50% off of meals in the restaurant. We're hopeful that, one, they take advantage of it. Two, that's what they're charging us basically for hanging the magnets in their uh, buses. And and we think that if we can get their employees up there, which they have about 30, maybe a little more than 30, that uh, they frequent us, and then when people get off the rafting in the river uh, looking for a place to eat, they recommend policy to and we had nine lunches yesterday, so we're off to a good start. Uh, new this year, we're doing 150 weekly pass. Uh, we're excited about this new program. It's $150 that will purchase unlimited golf while guests in town. Um, we think that this may potentially lead to uh, a 24, 36 month success rate where someone comes to town um, and they look forward to a golf vacation without having to stay at a golf resort, $150 to play golf all week long gives them the flexibility to come up, play 3, 4, 5, 9, 18, 36 holes, whatever they want. So uh, the beauty part about this is that if we if we do too well with it, which uh, I'm not sure what that would be quite yet, but we have the ability to shut it off pretty quickly because it's a weekly pass. So if we felt that our greens speed wasn't uh, being accomplished, we could uh, turn off the switch and not off the program anymore. So we're excited about that that's new this year, and uh, we'll monitor it as we go That's the the brochure we have up uh, at the club and around town. Rounds and revenue. Uh, April 1st through June 15th, 2012, uh, we had 85 paid rounds, or 825 paid rounds. In 2013, we're at 1100. A lot of that is uh, weather dependent uh, because we got open a little earlier. Like I said, we didn't have golfers in the golf course last year at the 21st. We had golf from the golf course April 1st this year, so we were about three weeks ahead of it. Uh, we've grown uh, 297 paid rounds, or close to $7,000. Uh, pass sales. All of last year, we had uh, 128 passes sold for $81,000. We offered an incentive for early pass sales of $25 gift card to the bar. Uh, we thought that would be a good idea to, one, condition people to utilize the bar and, and, and uh, create some spending habits. Uh, As of June 15th this year, we're at 137 passes with an increase of almost 7,000, just over $7,000. We did an early incentive price break on passes to buy them before the 22nd of April and then we raised the passes this year, Um, so an increase of 9,000 or 9 passes or $7,300. Last year, we sold 20 more passes after the 15th of June, so we believe that that's going to continue to grow for us. Food and beverage operations, like we said earlier, got a little delayed last year off the $25 gift card. Uh, we battled the inconsistency and most of that's due to our seasonality of adoptors. Winter operations we believe is a big contributing factor to why we've been so successful so far because we were open uh, for the majority of the year, not seven days a week, but, but we had food and beverage uh, throughout the majority of the year. Uh, Last year, uh, by June 15th, we did just over $17,000 in total sales. This year, we're at $32,000. Uh, again, give a big credit to winter operations, people knowing that we're open uh, and that we're there. We're, we're seeing some big events come in. We have a $7,000 rehearsal dinner uh, booked this summer in August. And we're beginning to see our sales effort and just the consistency of a restaurant and uh, a catering outlet that come to fruition. So we're we're hopeful for a a bigger year in in food and beverage. Uh, 2013 rate structure, we have eliminated the senior rate and believe that will maximize our tourist green speeds. Uh, We have a new local rate which is essentially the twilight rate that will be offered all day long for our locals here in Powell City. Um, Again, we we eliminate the twilight rate. What we've found is that there's more people and we're busier at 3 o'clock than we are at 8 a.m. So now we're going to flip the switch, and we're doing an early bird special to get people out there before 10 a.m. Um, very unlike our other properties, because our morning key times uh, down there are extremely busy. So we're we're, we're hopeful that that will uh, drive some additional revenue. Ongoing regular promotions: Monday night we had the Bridge Tender League. Tuesday we have the Junior Clinics. Wednesday night we have the scrambles. Thursday night, you witnessed it for yourself last night. Uh, Ladies' clinics going very well. We have Friday night appetizers, and we'll, we'll be doing promotions all year long for the 150th anniversary of, of Tahoe City. And coming soon, and very soon, because so we're getting darn close on it, is Bachi. So uh, they've done a wonderful job with, with that so far, we're hopeful by next week, right? So um, that'll be exciting, and another draw to the golf club. Throughout the presentation, saw so little puzzle pieces throughout, but we feel like the puzzle is starting to come together for us uh, after our first year. We're excited about being here. We're excited about the future, and uh, I'll open up for questions. Thanks for having me today.
2: Okay, any? Okay, I'll start it off with one. Uh, could you address the kids program and how are you're integrating with Park and Rec?
12: I don't know how much we're integrating with Parks and Rec. We're doing our own junior clinic. Um, I know that we promoted it through Parks and Rec, but uh, I would say that's probably the integration that they're publicizing for us. Last year, we haven't had a, such a solid start. Tuesdays uh, have not been the greatest of all weather getting going so far, but last year we had numerous times where we were over 50 children, where it was a little overwhelming. We had to staff up for that. Folks were enjoying dropping their children off, turning the kids over for a couple (laughs) hours to the uh, golf pros, and then going about town, which that's what we want to happen. They are the the growth of the game and and had a very successful junior program last year.
3: A lot of great comments on the uh, program, and people asking me, stopping me, when's it Mm -hmm. starting this year because they want to get their kids signed up. They get a free hot dog or something, too? Are you still doing that? Snack and a hot dog. Snack and a hot dog.
2: Well, maybe staff can fill us in on what's going on with the signage.
3: Absolutely. Well, uh, some of the signage issues uh, that you might be aware of is there's limitations on off-site signage through TRPA in Placer County. The existing sign has some issues, and um, we have struggled with where we can post signage downtown on uh, property and what, what we can do there for. So we've hired, um, you want to go from here, Ron Larkin?
11: Ron, Ron Lockard from Ward Young. Uh, we've got him uh, on as a uh, <clears throat> design a consultant to come up with some options for uh, a permanent, permanent signage that can uh, be seen from the street. Um, so we've uh, hired him and he's working on options for design right now.
2: Can you put any kind of a light on it that says we're now open or what the hours are or something? Mm-hmm. Is there some plan to address? They know you're there. We've well, we, we
12: spoken about lighting and I mean, with at night, early in the morning, uh, all, all of that has been discussed to try
11: to get full exposure. Yeah, and we're trying to talk about, you know, font size. I mean, because depending on where the sign's located, it's got to be seen from the street. Um, so, we're really that's why we've got Ward Young on to try to get something that will be very visible <coughs> with with some of the restraints we have on location for signage. You're
3: we're walking. looking at the sign as you come up our road here for the fire department and Tahoe City, is the new way finding signage design guidelines. And Ron Larkin designed that with Ward Young. And so we asked him to take a look at what we could do with that over at this other site. And potentially have panels, because when we have winter operations, we're going to have a little bit different name and different things to put on the sign, and hours of operational change, and that sort of thing. So we want to make sure we have a, a sign that we think through for all seasons as well.
12: You know, now we've had brief con- very brief conversations about somehow changing the name or tweaking the name which mm-hmm. you talk about year-round become a destination of year-round activities at, at Kyle City Golf Course, whether it's called the, the Winter Sports Park or the Kyle City and Golf and Ski, we'll just briefly kick that around mm-hmm. to try to just really put it that you know we are a year-round town.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
10: Dan, or Eric? I think the question I have is probably not for Scott, but for Tony. How are we doing for water for golf
13: Um, I I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that we've spent a lot of money and time repairing the line and um, we found a significantly large leak um, kind of at the tail end of our repair job um, unfortunately. The line just, there's places where it just disappears and you really don't know where it is for a while. Um, so I've heard rumors that it's not good but I don't, I haven't confirmed that and I not knowing what the reservoirs are supposed to look like this time of year? I, I I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know if Brent may have communicated anything with you. Any concerns about the
14: water? Or? Brent, I,
3: I talked to Brent about yeah. it too, and maybe Bob has. Yeah. Uh, Brent felt that the water, the level in the reservoir was fairly typical, not unusually low, although to me it would seem like This has been quite a low year, you know, and that we may have some issues late in the year with needing to go on domestic water.
11: That's the same that I've heard from Brent. Yeah. Yeah.
13: So, yeah, we've made significant repairs, so whatever water is there, we hopefully are Mm -hmm. trying to to maximize its use, but um, Mother Nature didn't cooperate this year, so.
8: (laughs) uh, I'm going to show my What? What's a... What's the definition of a member of a golf course? Is it a pass holder? A season well, pass we, holder? Well,
12: we call our pass holders members year tops. Okay. We have pass holders that we call members in Fallon, and then we have our year round members that pay a monthly dues that we'll try and be But we consider them all members of the club.
8: Thanks. And then last, last, you know, we talked a little bit about winter ops. Last year, you know, we did the uh, the sledding and the cross country skiing out there. We, as the PUD, Agreed to underwrite, you know, operational losses from from that and/or from the restaurant in order to try to kickstart things. Do you have any thoughts as to, you know, the viability of the restaurant without the PUD basically backstopping it?
12: Not with the current operation because the volume is quite not there. We talked about an ice skating rink, which we think that would create more volume. If we were more aggressive with the hours of operation, we were open for for a long period of time trying to get it established. Um, I think closing at the end of the golf season and reopening for winter is a challenge because you get into that inconsistency. Um, Can we do better? I think we can. You know, it was the first year, so the second year is always better than the first. Um, Viability, we don't know at all. It depends on the volume of people we can get to the winter sports park. Thanks, and I'd, I'd say um,
8: your company is obviously very good at marketing, you know, and I know two years ago when we were evaluating the operational model from the golf course, which was everything from, you know, us as the PUD doing maintenance out there and managing the golf course to to just simple, to le- leasing the property to some combination of the two I think at the end of the day we decided that you know we don't know the golf business we don't necessarily want to put the investment into learning the golf business in, into learning how to manage the golf business and uh, from my perspective that was a good decision you know bringing in uh, a company you know like yours who has the experience that knows how to market knows how to adjust the operation on the fly to, to maximize the return on the property Um so I, for one, am, am pleased with the decision that we made a year ago, or a year and a half ago. Judy, did, did you have? Yes.
4: Um, thank you. I, I wanted to ask about signage that got cleared up. I think you ought to park your truck on the street. It is really visible. And to pull up there and see it up there, to me, seems like a way. so Walk up the hill, park on the street. <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, 150 flyer, I know you changed the price to 150 because of the 150th. As I understand it, was going to be 149. You went past it kind of fast. Is the 150 logo on that? It is. OK, thank yeah. you. Um, I want to echo uh, Dan's comments because I know that during the year you've been really nimble and flexible in responding to things and being accommodating to the community. Um, you're, you're watching a lot of targets all at the same time, and I think we made a really good decision going with Target. So much. thank you.
2: I have one more question about uh, the golf club. There was a golf club at the, the golf course when you took over, but I thought also that a lot of them had migrated over to the Brockway golf course.
12: Are uh, you seeing ever, any
2: return in those people?
12: <clears throat> yeah, I thought that we were actually higher. Matt Mulcahy to speak. More to that, but I thought that we maintained uh, still 90 members or close to 90 members of the the City Golf Club. Okay. so I think we've yeah. done very good. With I think
14: that was more of a possible happening that was yeah. going to occur than actually mm-hmm. happening. No, my understanding yeah, we, is the hope club hope is held some. pretty consistent. Yeah, it's not, yeah, if not a hope by some of our friends. <laughs> yeah, no, groups. I think it was. A, right.
3: I think it's remained pretty consistent at the at the same membership. I think. One of the challenges um, that anybody in the golf or any of the bi- local businesses face is, you know, the decline we've had in our full-time population up here, and uh, that significantly impacts golf, especially in these shoulder seasons, and food and beverage in the shoulder seasons and the year-round, and and I think that's a dilemma for our community. I mean, you know, we all need to be mm-hmm. marketers of supporting uh, the golf course, the bocce. We hope will also drive more interest and in people going up. I think last night I, a little humor. My my husband quickly volunteered to help uh, yeah. Nick at the ladies' clinic last night, seeing the women that were yeah. up there. But it was great because it was well-known community members: Laura Basio, Kathleen Dale, Karen Wilcuts, Ruth Schnaub. Um, Ruth, Schnabel- Ruth, was Ruth there. wasn't there when she I was, was up, busy, up there, but she may have been up there earlier. Yeah. And uh, so, again, spreading that word, getting more people to participate and use the golf course, I think is in our interest um, to provide more recreation for our community and try to encourage more. So I think the bocce court is going to be a great start and the winter operations and trying to get more people. I think they've done a great job with revising the menu and being responsive to some concerns we had about the kitchen. We've invested some, you know, money in, you know, putting on new doors. Uh, we're buying some new patio furniture for the front and working with Duncan Golf to try to promote more uh, food and beverage service as well. It's another way for our community members to relax and enjoy and be up there who are not necessarily golfers. Then maybe they become golfers or maybe their kids become golfers. So, it, It's a challenge. I mean, there's no one, I don't think there's any business person in the, our community who doesn't think July and August they've got all the customers they need and the rest of the year what are we doing here? And waiting, you know, dependent so weather dependent and population dependent, um, and that hits every restaurant, every bar, every retail store in Talk City. So I hear that all the time, and, and I think Duncan Golf has been working with our business community and TCDA to try to be part of those solutions, and, and um, really bringing the Reno group up here is great because we don't have those people that time of year to go out and play, fill that golf course. And mm-hmm. was it Memorial Day that they were out? My gosh, I looked up there and the whole course was packed at eight in the morning, eight thirty in the morning and I went, What is going on? I'd forgotten you had that tournament going on. I said, My gosh, that's great. Well
12: it was wonderful exposure too because a lot of them hadn't played before, so they want to play a practice round before the tournament started. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and Brent was, was was grateful enough to go change the cups after everyone played because the golf course for a short period of time and then started the members. Yes. But in regards to membership, we actually are very encouraged that we're growing the membership in comparison to last year. Um, so we're, we're, we're it took a little while for some people to believe and, and know what was going to happen. That was going to be a golf course, it was going to be run professionally. But so I think we've done really good in that aspect. And we offer a lot more than Old Rockway can with our sister properties in Reno. When the golf season's over here, they get to play at almost 50% discounted greens fees at their sister golf courses by being a pass holder. Old Rockway unfortunately doesn't have that ability to offer that too. So we've created a lot of value, which we hope that will continue to grow with mm-hmm. those
2: benefits. Question for Bob. Have you thought of having anything with the kids and the moms? There's a family unit out there on the golf course.
11: You mean like a mommy and me golf? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's been discussed yet or not. I haven't heard that we have. Um,
14: but that's a, that's a good idea. Okay. Pick up on the ride out take paintball to the golf course well
3: I really I really like the slide sure before the this one or is it the it, one or too bad <laughs>
13: yeah.
3: getting to promoting uh, the experience go back to the where the father and son are there so maybe you can make it a mom and a oh, where,
13: the,
11: <laughs> where your score is it oh there? was
3: it way back yeah where I got choked up okay where, where your score doesn't mean anything right. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go okay <laughs> I thought
9: that was a good one.
14: It looks like grandpa and grandson, not father. Well, it could be grandpa. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Soon. How can when can Logan sign up?
6: <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming. I really
3: appreciated Scott's candor. You know, I met with him with some concerns because obviously we're in a five-year with a five-year renewal on the on the program, and really wanting to see um, that this uh, and and as. I should preface this with every step of the way I'm hearing about some more operating things. The, the pipeline is going to need to take a higher priority of getting that thing fixed. There's areas of it that are hugely problematic, signage, more investment from the district's part, so making sure that we also have a great partner in building use uh, to help offset those costs with revenue. So. Um, and I really appreciate Scott taking the time to come today and give us a report.
2: One, one more question before you go, this involves Tony. If the reservoir you run out, do we have a hookup in okay. place already for getting water to them?
13: No, not in place, but I've thought about it and I think there are a few areas that it, it could happen and it wouldn't be a lot of work to get done.
2: Okay. So you got an emergency plan in the back of your head somewhere?
13: I got it somewhere in here. <laughs> okay.
5: Thank
10: you. And I have one more last comment. Okay. I, like Dan, I, I think I'm well pleased with our decision to have Duncan Golf manage the golf course. And I've heard from the public everywhere positive, real positive things. I haven't heard one negative thing.
8: Are Are, the, are you doing the kids' programs again this summer?
12: Yeah. Started uh, was two or three weeks ago. That's oh, okay. OK. So we yeah. had, had very good weather for the kiddos so far.
8: Two yeah. But
14: it's equal so far. Right. So it's, a, it's a drop-in so in program?
8: It, it is.
2: Take off yeah. yeah. the cool. Thanks, Scott. Thank you very much. Thanks again, Scott.
6: Honk your horn as you leave the board can see the truck. If you haven't you have seen something? the truck, it's yeah, right I out front. <laughs> That's, okay.
14: That's
2: OK. Go ahead. Let's move on to number three, surplus po- policy revisions.
3: Great. Right, thank you. Um, <clears throat> before you mm-hmm. is a, a revision to our surplus policy that dated back to 1989. Uh, Tony and Terry did most of the work on this, um, but I wrote the cover memo since... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, There's three points which addresses specifically, and I attached the old policy for you as well. And those three points uh, give uh, discretion to the general manager on those items less than $1,000 in value. Often we have old bookcases, file cabinets, things like that, um, that we just hang on to until we do a surplus sale. Then they don't go. Uh, No one bids on them, and I'd like to be able to dispose of them. Uh, immediately and not hang on to them and continue to try to to, uh, promote that secondly um, if we don't receive a bid on an item between 1,000 and 5,000 in value we'd like uh, the opportunity to give me discretion as to either selling it for less or disposing of another manner obviously we're going to try to recoup some funding but right now we have to wait 30 days bring it back to the board try to decide what, (laughs) uh, what we do and, then, and this mirrors what most of the other public agencies in the area have as dollar thresholds. And then finally, uh, a change that uh, I worked with Steve Gross on. In the past, we have not allowed any of our employees to bid on items. And state law, uh, I always thought it was state law, and it was not state law. State law prohibits any of those of us who have a decision to make relative to surplusing a piece of equipment. Um, that we can't bid on those items. But our classified employees who aren't, may, who aren't involved in the decision-making could bid on those items. And um, we find often our employees are in the trade or, or working, and they potentially would buy something if they'd have the opportunity And versus us taking it to the dump. And it has created issues in the past where employees continue to ask, it's just sitting here, you know, nobody bid on it, what you know Mm -hmm. why not and in checking with steve in fact we could have changed we could have changed this policy a long time ago so um i'm suggesting that we make all three of those changes and i really want to commend tony for his hard work on mirroring the other districts he's the one who deals with the surplus policy the most and has been frustrated with it and he's spent a lot of time on this thank you to steve and to terry as well for reviews on it
2: and suggestions any comments from the board do you
8: have anything? Um, looks like guys yeah,
2: Well,
10: I, I, conceptually, I don't really mind this, these changes, but I mean, it'd be kind of nice to be able, as a board member, know what we're going through, what we're buying, what we're surplusing, how um, stuff, and if if this happens, we won't see any of that those places, right? Well, you'll
3: you'll get reported back to the board on anything over a thousand dollars, and I could. I could definitely give you a list of the things that we surplus you know, that we dispose of less than a thousand. I can just do that in a monthly report. And we will continue to bid items between one and five thousand. So you'll still declare it surplus and see that it's going out to bid. If we don't receive a bid, this gives me discretion to act on it um, and report back to you. But I'm still right. required to report you know, yeah. back to you.
13: Anything over a thousand dollars
3: still comes before you.
13: There's a board action to declare it surplus.
10: Well, that's what we put a price on it as. That oh,
13: was thousand dollars, yeah. Yeah, that's our, you know, our estimate based on whatever research we've
14: done. Okay. But then you get a report of other things okay. that fit. Right. That's all. Moving it's on. just something Anything that I know. Like. Yeah. In, yeah.
10: Going, you know, what we're going through, what, you know, what we're updating. hmm
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
8: So, so I'm confused on a point. The. Thought what I heard you say was that the notion in this policy would, was to allow district staff to potentially purchase surplus items, but when I'm looking at you didn't really say that. sheet, page E three four, that last paragraph doesn't read that way to me. And and once we once we clear up whether
3: yeah, what it says is anyone who. The people that are prohibited from bidding are specifically called out. Anyone else can bid. So you'll see no board members can bid on it. No one who participates in the decision-making process about the uh, surplusing of the equipment can bid on it. And it um, goes
8: on to say this includes district staff, consultants, advisory committee members, right. and all other individuals, blah, 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 blah. Who, may, right. who, who, who make or, or influence or the decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it kind of creates a bit of a kind of a gray area there in terms of who <laughs> who's involved with what. Tony and,
3: and I, Tony and I spoke about that and and really Tony will know, probably Tony and Bob will know most of, uh, you know, who was involved in actually deciding to to make that decision to surplus a piece of equipment. And obviously what we will be on the lookout for is a classified staff person who says, "Hey, I think you need this is, you know."
6: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, or an acronym they might use about a
3: piece of equipment and then turns around and bids on it. And that's mm-hmm. what you want to be cautious about. So Tony and Bob in, uh, will be the primary ones yeah. to look at that issue. Well, but this
2: creates quite a policing problem that management has to have in order to ensure that you don't violate this. Yeah. I,
3: I don't believe so because you really the only is? people who bring the items forward are Tony.
8: For, yeah, so for, for me it's more of a perception issue. Um, I deal with the exact same issue Mm -hmm. in my uh, in my employment, and we've chosen to maintain a policy that's similar to the district's existing policy, and it has less to do with the practical implications of are we making a few bucks? Are Are we? Could we make a few more dollars by surplusing a piece of equipment that might not otherwise have a purchaser? To an employee, or is the downside of the public perception of, you know, public equipment kind of finding its way to public employees' homes, um, kind of outweigh that the value of the few dollars that we might make out of it. And so, in that example, we've chosen that you know, we'd rather pass up the money and not have the mm-hmm. um, the misperception that that there's something inappropriate going on.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think the real issue is probably vehicles. Is that the primary concern there? Because most it's, of the rest of the equipment wouldn't be readily identifiable as a district piece of equipment. If it generally is not. Equipment. We I, And this is just, yeah. so
8: I'm just, I'm just sharing my experience. And just to keep it real simple, we've just drawn mm-hmm. a bright line and yeah. said, yeah. all employees are not eligible, period. And then that just gets rid of any question. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, I just throw that out.
3: And, and that might be a cleaner way to do it. I, you know, I think I felt uh, in looking at it, it was certainly something that state law didn't preclude. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the numbers of this doesn't happen a lot. It happens on vehicles, and then you know uh, some of these cabinets and things like that that are around that people say, well, it's just sitting out here getting trashed out in the weather, and then we're taking it to the dump. And now by precluding them from ever having it. It, it just seems like a, a a waste for that. So maybe it's more on a dollar value that would make sense to say but, no employee may bid on an item over you know five thousand dollars because that would preclude most of the vehicle yeah, issues
8: or a thousand even or a yeah.
3: thousand even. Mm-hmm. But for items under a thousand, that they could have them because often we're hauling things to the dump that employees have expressed an interest in. But right now we mm-hmm. say nope, has to go to the dump. And then theoretically, they can't even go back to the dump and <laughs> and get it. Although I don't know if people have done that or not, but, but they set it aside yeah. at the dump. Uh, yeah, it's one
13: of those things. Well, it's in the dumpster. Yeah. 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 Dumpster. <laughs> yeah.
8: <laughs>
13: Perhaps, yeah. yeah. So it. it if there we, were, if there was like a
8: dollar limit of a thousand bucks or something, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But okay, it, it's. It's, it's the perception it's they end up the with pos- a district vehicle the and people pos- know it's a district vehicle. Yeah, that's that's probably that's the big most one. obvious one. Or, you know, I, there's other types of equipment, snowball, a chainsaw, or a snowblower, a pan whacker, mm. or you know, whatever. Yep. Yeah. No,
3: okay.
2: Well okay. no, I'd like to yeah. say something.
3: So we could do that for under a thousand, is that what I'm kinda of hearing? We could revise this to you
10: yeah. know, I, I think d- that would be good. I, you know, we'll always get shot at out there, when <laughs> we do things that are questionable, maybe or not very easily
1: understood, that policy mm-hmm. completely within okay. the board's discretion. Okay.
2: I, I would like to share something with you. I worked both at Boeing, General Dynamics, and Lockheed, and they all had surplus yards, a lot of materials, raw materials, particularly, as well as vehicles and things like that. And there was no, I don't know if there's any prohibited, the director's bidding on it, but the employees and the public were always welcome to buy it on certain days.
8: They would open it mm. up. It was like an auction format, though,
14: right?
2: Yeah. Well, that wasn't the no. price it
14: was set. Oh. So much a pound. You could just go in there. And, yeah. Oh. Yes, you talked about that before. Hmm. Yeah. The, the last time we discussed this five mm-hmm. years ago.
1: There, there is a prohibition on board members. So the, the the law that we're dealing with here is Government Code, Section 1090, which is the prohibition against self dealing, can enter into a contract um, with yourself. And with respect to 1090, it's been interpreted uh, consistently such that the board is deemed, board members are deemed to have participated in the making of every contract of the district. So whether or not you know any item comes back to the board to declare it surplus whether you've had any participation at all doesn't matter you're deemed to have participated in the making so board members clearly cannot uh, buy any surplus property from the district okay I, I clearly understand oh, that. okay
2: okay the uncertainty I had was with those other companies whether the board members could come in or not but I think if we have a surplus yard and open it up to the public and the employees what's the problem I'm selling it to
1: anybody as well, the board members well employees that have participated yeah, yeah, exactly. in the making of the contract which means should we de- declare any particular item surplus that that's that's participation in the making okay i understand okay. So, so so those employees cannot purchase those items that they've they've been involved with
2: okay well, i'm i'm just suggesting that rather than I think we're, I kind of concur with Dan, but I think you can get over that if you have a surplus area and you open it up for the public, for the people that are not excluded from buying. They could come in, the public could be there, and our employees could be there, and they could just
13: and, and that, compete with each other on buying it. And that would be the case if you approve if you approved this policy as is, because when we go out to the public surplus, um, process, if it's available to employees, it's available to them and the public at the same time, and the, the bid process is clearly spelled out. And and so, in essence, that is happening um, today, except if our old policy, employees are prohibited from participating in that process.
2: Okay. Well, I'm for it as long as we make it a public process. Clearly, you've got the public involved in and I think- bidding on it.
13: You know, Bob and I had concerns about opening it up to employees as well, and I think Cindy's primary thing was, you know, a lot of times there's some value to these to this equipment, and uh, and if it helps out an employee um, to to get a good piece of equipment or a vehicle that's um, that they know has been well taken care of and mm-hmm. um, has value, that you know, why should we sh- why should we not let them have a
14: crack Every, at it? Just everything the is on a- a bid process mm-hmm. too, and not on a first come first oh, third absolutely type of thing. And I, I don't have a concern with it, with that in mind. And um, I'd recommend approval of this as uh, as written. And if we need to change policy, we can do that.
2: Second. Okay, it's moved and seconded. All in favor? Aye. 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 Aye.
10: No, I want to change it. to What Dan would suggest about a thousand dollars or less. No, but it's. 3 2, so this well, carried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well carried.
2: Okay. Okay, four. Four seasons.
6: John? Uh, we
0: opened up bids yesterday uh,
6: Four Seasons tank and Sink and Woodhill to Waterline
0: and Project. We had five bidders. Our uh, low bid was Vince Aguirre Construction. Uh, we're currently contracted with them in Lake the Forest. They've done a the dollar, and they also were low on the service relocations for Lake Forest. Um, item number two under that recommendation talks to the disadvantaged business enterprise good faith efforts. I did receive those yesterday. They have been reviewed. Uh, they're they're thorough and complete. Okay.
3: Any questions?
8: Nope. Move, move approval. Second,
10: um, I have a question. One question, but not over four seasons. It's more over Lake Forest. I mean, they come in, they move in, and put down plywood, a, a unit of plywood over all the holes, and then leave for two weeks or three weeks, and just, they haven't come back. And, uh, <coughs>
6: I'm
10: yeah, just curious right. about that business.
0: They've had some. They've had some supplier issues uh, with some fittings. They are. They've got a big job that has of them off the mountain. Um, I think that's why they're aggressive with this one as well. I think we've got something that's stalled on a little bit. Uh, But we're also, right now, we're in the testing phase. So, you know, we've got the back T testing. We're doing pressure testing. They're troubleshooting some areas. Um, And those holes with the plywood essentially are just waiting for we get the okay on all of our testing, and then it's just a reconnection to the existing one. So they're prepped, they're ready. Um, I'm getting those phone calls as well, Are I realize they're not seeing a lot of activity out there, but we are moving forward. And I would say that at the end of this week, when we have all of our results. Uh, we have the lab work done. Uh, so they'll, maybe there. they'll be backed up by the 4th of July? I would say yes. I'd say we'd be complete and probably... Because I think
10: otherwise it's kind of a
0: hazard. Yep. There's well, if change. they're not, we're going to be buttoned up out there by then. I, I expect that next week we're going to see probably 80% of the customers hooked up. In all right. That.
4: Cool. Did we get a motion to approve? Yeah, we, we yeah. had the motion okay. to approve, okay. but we just need a
2: yeah. vote. Yeah. Okay. Have we had the motion in a second? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is a resolution on this or just a motion?
3: Just a motion.
2: All in favor? aye Aye. aye. Number five. Carol?
1: Good morning. Um, so, this proposed water ordinance revision,
3: um, just as you can see, it's focused on implementing the combined services. Um, when we decided to move forward with having those constructed, we realized that there was a billing issue that wasn't addressed in our current version of the water ordinance. So, we discussed this matter with the committee last year and then also at the um, and water committee meeting this month um, so we're as you can read we try to address the billing issues um, by giving the customers a benefit here and once the or if the board approves this ordinance it will get posted and then it will take effect 30 days later
8: yeah so we had a a fair amount of dialogue on this at the Sewer and Water Committee. L- less on the minor modification that we're making in the policy now. More on the overall philosophy of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the amount of the the discount that we're providing. And uh, it, I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I think at the end of the conversation, we were we were comfortable <coughs> with this for now. But uh, we thought that when we go back and do a comprehensive rate. Uh, study in the not too distant future that this would be an area to look at again.
10: That's correct and I, and I you know I, I I know I haven't liked this ordinance all of it from a long time back but with this one I, my my concern was when we're gonna charge a $1200 hookup fee for fire whether it's three quarter one inch inch and a half or two inch and then we're gonna give a monthly service charge as well I, my opinion was that we should incrementally charge higher for the connection fees but then once that's done the what you know what there shouldn't be a monthly service charge in my opinion but so we had it was kind of was it a little bit um, uneasy but for lack for now and for the you know we're just going well it's okay pass on to the board and we'll look at it again next time we look at the ordinance revision we'll fix it you know, one of the, one of the, one of the right.
3: challenges, and, and I think Eric raises a good point, and in an area like ours where we have a lot of, especially second homeowners, um, and we hear this from a lot of customers, especially second homeowners, they don't understand why they pay, whether it's for fire or for monthly service fees when they're not here all winter. So we're not there. Why do we have to pay any, you know, base rate? Um, and the challenge that you'll have when we go back on 218 and in this situation, whether it's fire sprinklers or the base charge for residential use, is how expensive it becomes for every gallon of water that a person uses um, if, you, if you put it all in use fees. And when we went through this last time, of course, we were going to meters. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what people were using. We took estimates. Remember, we put those test uh, uh, pilot and mm-hmm. program together to try to understand what people's water usage was. And Eric raises a really good point because in other communities they can just charge on that. What that will do to your primary residents is drive and put a lot of pressure on your primary residents for the water use because they're the ones using water every day in their homes and the second homeowners come up and then they can better control and not pay any fees when they're not here. And that and that's the inequity in our system where we have 70, 80% homes that are second homeowners and what should they pay on a monthly basis to have it available to help pay for the staff that are here 24/7? And that same theory applies to this fire service issue. And Eric's absolutely right; it's an ongoing burden. We hear from people: Why do I have to pay until I have a fire? Why should I have to pay for that service connection, you know, on a monthly basis? And it, it there because isn't because they good... have
14: the privilege of a meter,
3: right? But it, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good. Discussion for the board to have yep. again yeah. philosophically what's the right balance? How we'll much per consumption we'll and we'll how just much get for a face. sign
1: and said, let it burn. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and, and the cost <laughs> in water service is not the water, right. it's, the, it's, the it's the facilities, a, right? It's the pipes, it's the tanks. Mm-hmm. Having that at your source,
3: mm-hmm. absolutely.
14: Whenever you
1: want it. But, but
3: other communities are, you know, if you're 90% or 100% owner-occupied, it's very easy to put it much more on those who use the most water, pay the most for those facilities. And in our situation, it's a, a lot more challenging because we have to have it available. But if 80% of the people weren't paying us in the winter months, we'd have much, much higher consumption rates on, on our water for our year-round residents. So... It's finding that right balance and making sure it's affordable and within that practice. And I, I completely understand Eric's concerns because we hear it uh, almost every month when we send down our bills. <laughs> yeah, Why do I pay?
4: I, I appreciate you explaining that because when I read this report, it basically said it was revenue neutral when in fact there are financial considerations with it. So thanks for clarifying that. It.
3: Well it's revenue neutral in that in, whether these people have a combined service fee or whether right. they have separate uh, it's revenue
4: neutral.
13: Okay. Yeah. Actually, so actually it's it's a yeah. it's a cost savings to them to, to the to the customer to, it, yeah. to combine yeah. the services and that's how it was designed mm-hmm. to give them access to, you know, paying a little bit less instead of having two separate lines. Um, right. And you know, the alternative was to, you know, and I think Truckee Donner bills this way for fire protection is if you need a one inch service for your, for your house, which includes a fire sprinkler line, then you're, you're billing you're billed at a one inch rate, right? Um, which, you know, that's sort of what we've done basically, but it's just comes in two separate line items on your bill. Um, and in fact, once you get above one inch, I believe the cost is
14: actually less with with our policy. With, with our policy, system, it, yes. Right. Uh, so you guys are okay with this, with that caveat that when we do get to that point, we're going to look at this again. This
8: is another item to add to yeah. the list, you know, in our in our rate study. So, so I would recommend approval of this item with um, with the request that when when the time comes for a rate study that this be one of many items that you take a look at as part of that rate study.
2: Just a technical question.
13: We a second. Yeah.
8: There we'll is still, still, a a second.
2: There's still two lines and two shutoffs there, right? No, second. in the combined yeah.
13: system, um, it is one service line from the main to the meter, um, one meter, and then after the meter, we split. Um,
2: and then, is there any provisions that you can? If you have an emergency, you can shut off the house.
13: And yes, the 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 uh, keep the, fire the domestic rolling. line is ice can be isolated. The fire district does not want us to have a independent shutoff valve okay. for the fire line on outside. Yeah, yeah. Okay. no, just yeah. Okay. Well, we can shut off the meter, which kills everything. But the fire district's opinion on that is, once you shut off the domestic water, the house becomes. Cannot be occupied, so they're okay with that because we have to have a shut-off valve at the meter. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't want one dedicated to just the fire line on the exterior of the building.
2: Okay, thank you. Okay. Can motion moved.
0: Seconded.
10: All in favor? Aye. 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 No, I just going to vote no, so that everybody knows it, so it needs to be looked at again. So do
6: okay. Do. Oh, yeah. Aye. Do
2: I
1: need a roll call on ordinance? Four to one you should it, Eric? Yeah, I think that's oh, it. Do need a roll call? Uh, or, on it it's an ordinance. Ordinance and a F- resolution. Um, so I think they're going to ask for the roll They
3: asked for the roll call while you were asking them if you should ask for a roll call. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> told I her Friedman? she should record it now. Director
9: Friedman? Yes. Director Trubas? Yes. Director Henriksen? No. Director Wilkins? Yes. Director Rankins?
2: Yes. Okay, number six.
9: Thank you. I'm going to say six and seven. These two resolutions come before you every year. This allows staff to put uh, utility late bills on the, on the tax rolls. Move for six. We'll second. Okay. Director Friedman? Yes. Oh, sorry. Do I need to wait for um, President Rankin's first to call for the roll? No.
14: <laughs> yeah, he's okay with that. Director Friedman.
9: <laughs> yeah. Director Trebus.
14: Yes. Director Henriksen.
9: Yes. Director Wilkins. Yes. Director Rankins. Yes. Move vote for seven.
10: Second. Resolution. Director Friedman. Yes. Director Trebus. Yes. Director Henriksen. Yes.
2: Director
9: Wilkins. Yes. Director Rankins.
2: Yes. Want to roll anybody for eight? On uh, number
3: eight, I was. Um, uh, Director Rankins asked me to read this, but I really thought Director Henriksen might want to read it, and I've got a large print copy of that. Dude, helps. that's awesome. <laughs> um, um,
6: just
14: I'd like to for watch you, like yeah, yeah, you Eric.
6: Yeah.
3: Are you not on there?
4: It's okay. Jenny's not There's on the reason. signature page.
14: You can have my spot.
6: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Whoops. It's okay.
4: Not it's, a, it's a though. new
14: program she just installed <laughs> 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 uh, well, side I, I want
3: to I I I <laughs> cover Terry on this one that. one that I didn't get this resolution done until after she left last night and then she had to come in this morning and reformat it and I do appreciate her quick action but If there's an error, it's because I didn't have the template when I was working on it last night, and I apologize. So anyway, with that, Judy and I I I will sign together. Eric Eric had the privilege of serving with Alex, and I know he's known Alex for a very, very long time. Um, Alex Mm -hmm. has been a tremendous advocate for Tahoe issues and very knowledgeable and always sympathetic to any phone calls we made and issues we had to deal with up here, and I'm sure he can say more about it, too, so...
10: Yeah, it'd be my pleasure to read this um, for my old friend, Alex. And, uh, but right down at the bottom, whereas Alex is a strong, caring, diplomatic leader who served as a mentor, he was one of my mentors. Oh, nice. So, I mean, that's very, that's very appropriate. Um, resolution 13-19, Utah City PD, mm-hmm. District in recognition of Alex Ferreira for a lifetime of outstanding public service to the people of Gloucester County and Thomas City Public Utility District, whereas in June 2013, Alex Ferreira <coughs> retired from the board of directors of the Placer County Water Agency, concluding a lifetime of public service beginning with Army combat service in World War II, and whereas in June 1966, Alex Ferreira was first appointed to the Nevada Irrigation District Board of the Directors to represent Placer County, and left that position when he began his service on the Placer County Board of Supervisors from 1971 to 1994. And whereas Alex went <coughs> on to serve on the Placer County Water Agency Board of Directors in 1997 through 2013. And where Alex's tenure on all these three boards included countless service to the communities and offices, including <coughs> serving as a chairman of these organizations multiple times, and Alex also found time to serve on the Placer County Grand Jury and the Gold Country Fair Board and the Placer County Open Space Committee, and where Alex's p- passion, leadership, vision, and dedication for the people of Placer County and the protection of their water supplies, resources, and revenues has helped create a strong and vibrant county. And whereas Alex Ferrer represented the Lincoln area where he resided, he was always been, he has always been a strong advocate and. De- the voted leader for the efforts of Tahoe area citizens, businesses, special districts, and organizations, and where, as Alex is a strong, caring, diplomatic leader who served as a mentor for many community members and inspired others to give their time and talents for the communities. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the board of directors of the Tahoe City Public Utility District staff do hereby express their sincere appreciation and thanks to Alex Ferrer for his years of outstanding faithful service to Placer County and the Tower area, his strong leadership and vision, valued friendship, and sincerely wish him the very best in his retirement. So I Thank imagine you. it's going to be unanimously passed with. Director Friedman's name on the uh, resolution. <laughs>
5: so uh, Alex has done a lot. What,
8: what's he retiring? What's he retiring from? The past PCWA. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
3: he just turned um, 87, and he's yes, and he's had some health issues. I mean, he's uh, he's fine, but he's been uh, had some falls and some other issues, and it was time for him to retire. So there is an event on July 11th that PCWA. Uh, is um, hosting there's an invitation before you and if any of you want to go um, please let us know we can RSVP and and if we need to we could carpool down if anyone wants to attend
8: you served on the board of supervisors with, with Alex
10: yeah and he's responsible by being on the board and yeah I mean he's pushed people all different directions to, to do stuff
14: so um, he's been a really great member of our community been a real influence with uh, Larry Seveson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. He and Larry are like this. Still. He has a great fish camp. <laughs> on yeah, the Northern California River.
10: Yeah. So anyway, I would move <clears> to <throat> pass this resolution.
6: So, who is
9: who the second? Hello, Director Friedman. Yeah. Yes. Director Trubis. Yes. yes. Director Henriksen Yes. yes. Director Wilkins. Yes. yes. Director Rankins
5: Yes.
3: And we'll make sure to present this, uh,
4: or have it presented to him at his retirement function.
10: Nice.
2: Eric, are you going to go to this?
10: I think I better. <laughs> I'd be in trouble if I didn't. We'll make sure
3: we get it to you if I, if I can't make it down.
2: But All right. I, I don't. Cool. Okay. OK, the next one. Eight. Nine. Nine.
3: And this is you, Lou.
2: Yeah. John Coleman, who's presently the vice president of Aqua and serves on the, our EXCO committee at JPIA, as part of his job. I've got to know him quite well, and I recommend him wholeheartedly for nomination mm-hmm. for president. Second.
14: Eric moved and run second. All in favor? I, I. It's a
12: resolution. A
14: Director, resolution.
9: Director okay. Friedman? Yes. Director Tudas? Yes. Director, yes. Director
3: Henriksen? Yes. yes. Director Wilkins?
6: Yes. Director Rinkins?
2: Yes.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Okay. Management. How are we doing? Timing now?
3: We're doing good. We're trying to be wrapped up by 1030 at the latest, and I think we're in good shape.
2: Okay. Oh, there's one thing before we go on to this. Mm-hmm. In the consent calendar, I am not Lou Friedman. Do you not? Did you notice that?
6: Yeah, I did not.
2: In one of the minutes.
8: Yeah, In one of the so
14: minutes.
8: It <laughs> yeah,
2: says,
6: I bet you'd like to be though. Whoa! It's not right. So <laughs> <laughs> you're turning red <laughs> the over there. The <laughs> it's open doors all over the place. It's big colored. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hmm. Okay, with that, go ahead.
3: Okay, on updates, um, I'll start. I guess, Bob, you want to, or engineering, I don't know that there's any updates. Matt is out of town. It is his birthday today. When he returns Monday, Uh, we will celebrate it. He's in Yosemite. I don't think he's watching. (laughs) Um, Finance, did you have any updates, Oh, yes. I'm just, just going in order okay. here. Oh, thank
9: you. I'd like to just to call out or uh, some attention to a report in Section F, F1-19 on CalPERS on the pension changes. And Eric, I wanted to ask, answer your question from last board meeting saying, what is this all about? And so I thought about it, and essentially what you're doing is if you go from a 30-year mortgage to a 15-year mortgage, you're trying to get that unfunded liability payoff. They paid off faster. This smoothing and amortization period changes. Essentially,
10: that's what that is. I still don't know the correlation between the number of employees and the value of the district, type of thing. I'm not sure
9: the number of the employees.
10: There was a there was a formula, as I recall, about how many employees and and what the value of the the district was, their infrastructure, all that, and how it would how it played out. I didn't. Oh, oh, you're talking
9: about the asset volatility ratio table. Yeah, that, I thought
10: that's what we were talking about.
9: Yeah, some, but that's some that's, that's something that CalPERS produces, and that's based on after they finish their valuation reports on the district, everyone who participates will get this table. And this table will help drive and tell us what our potential costs are going to look like. It'll be a five-year table, and that's not due out until September. What this report ha- has is their preliminary table, for what we participated in our miscellaneous plan, and that's the numbers I used just to mm-hmm. come up with this ballpark number, perhaps relatively close over a five-year period of what the impact could potentially look like for the district.
8: But I think the when when we think of assets, we're thinking of water lines and sewer lines. The asset here is something else. It's it's
9: a retirement it's asset. A port, right. It's a portfolio. Oh, port okay. port. Yeah. Thank you. I, it wasn't very clear. Okay. For you. Thank you. And so, in a nutshell, that's really what it's about. What the report tells you here, this doesn't impact us until about 2015, mid-year. We're looking at anywhere, I'm estimating about a $390,000 incremental impact over a five-year period from 2015 to 2019. This This is basically for our planning purposes. In September, we'll have a better idea of what this smoothing policy that they've adopted, the impacts will have on us.
3: The charts that you see on F one nineteen, I asked Ramona to put this in perspective of our budget um, as we as we project out. And again, remember these are all projections. So mm-hmm. we Ramona and I had to sit down and make some assumptions on CPI on numbers of employees. We believe that all of these assumptions are very conservative. In other words, we didn't transfer any new employees into a lower benefit plan. We assumed in 2019 we'd have the same number of employees, mm-hmm. that they'd all be classics, so they'd be at the maximum benefit potential. And uh, and I think it's a conservative approach. That So you see on that chart that our cost change goes up from currently 6.8 percent to 10.8 percent. And as a percentage of our total operating budget, we go from 6.2 percent up to 8.4 percent. So the 390,000 or 380—I'm sorry, 387,000—is yeah. a um, is definitely a large number. Over the five years, it, it does increase uh, the pension as part of our overall operating expense by 2.2 uh, percent. So it is something that we need to watch and trend for. And Uh, discuss when we're doing our negotiations with our employees and also as we look at setting our next round of rate increases or rate stabilization, making sure we take all these factors into account. But I appreciate (coughs) Ramona putting it in perspective so we can understand the magnitude of the issue as it grows through these five years.
2: Anything
11: else?
3: Anything else from finance? We
11: have Parks and Rec. Yeah, I have a um, couple things I wanted to update you on the Commons Beach kayak concession. Um, that started on June 1st. They started operating down there. Happened to be a heat wave that week, which drew a lot of people to Commons Beach and drew a lot of people to the concession. So right out of gates, they were going pretty hard and fast. Um, what, they, what they're seeing down there is that people are showing up to the beach, not necessarily to go kayaking, but they're going down there, they're setting up their blanket on the lawn or the beach, and then they're seeing what's going on, and then they're, being, they're drawn to, to, the, to the concession. Uh, Andrew with Town City Kayak is very pleased about how things are going. Um, we'll see at the end of the month about uh, what kind of money we're going to get out of it and definitely get the guaranteed rent, and then uh, he says it'll be, it'll be extra. Um, with some of the recent weather, wind, that kind of thing, there's been some, you know, it's, it's backed off a little bit. Um, but overall, he's very pleased. On June eighth, Saturday, June eighth, um, he doubled his rentals than what he did at San Harbor um, at, at Commons Beach. So that's 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 quite a statement, especially for right out of the gate. So it's going well. Um, his only concern right now is the amount of water being released from the lake and what that could do to the depth. You know, they can only operate uh, at certain depths in the lake. So you know, he's thinking maybe around sometime in August. Depending on how it goes, you know, there, there could be some concern that it might not be able to operate down there. So mm. otherwise uh, it's going it's going that's real long so into our, our that's good a question. Yes,
6: thank
4: you. Um, I would think that someday people will really become aware of of the concession down there if they aren't already. I don't think, I think the deal is he's not renting during the concerts, is that correct?
11: No, he is. The only thing he's not doing is he can't be in the parking lot. So right now he's got a trailer. Uh, He's got two spots available to him right there by the concession with a trailer um, that has um, some advertising on it or will have advertising on it soon. He needs to remove that trailer during the concert, but he will still operate on the beach.
4: Are we going to have any flyers or anything in our booth about the concession?
11: Uh, that's a great idea. Okay, yes, just to let will. people
4: know. And is he doing a full moon thing this weekend? Because everybody else is, and I haven't heard anything from him. I don't know. Okay, thank you.
11: The super moon?
4: Mm. Like yeah, it's
11: moon. Any other questions on kayaks?
4: The other thing I
11: want to report is on the um, cross-country doing the summer concession up at mm-hmm. the Highlands. Um, they've kind of off to a slow start. Um, their weekends have been semi-okay. They're, they're now running seven days a week. With midweek is, is is pretty slow, um, but they're working on a PR push without breaking the bank. They're doing the best they can to, to get it out there. There's some events. There's an event up there. Todd Jackson's got a, a Big Blue Adventure event up there this weekend which will give some exposure uh, to to uh, the bicycle rentals and stuff that um, Kevin's doing up there um, and uh, he, he thinks it's, it's going to build. The cafe's open also a limited menu not the same as they have in the winter but so the building's open and available to the public with this um, with this concession going on so um, so overall I think uh, things are off to a slow start but I think he's, he feels good about about where they're headed. Um, one thing that they've had with that is um, they've got a lot of people going up there getting lost. They're sending people up on bikes and there's no signage up there. Um, they're working with, uh, they've received some funding from NLTRA and uh, receiving, um, they're doing the last final design on a map and they're doing some signage up there just to find, so people can find their way back. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've kind of struggled with that out of the gate. Uh, but they're learning as they go. So, you know, It's kind of pilot from now, but uh, I, th- I think it'll be okay. And,
6: and I,
3: I just want to say, this isn't new. Almost every single time I ever ride up there or will hike up there, always there's always lost, lost people. Yeah, yeah. It's just emphasized more because now they have that the, the operation going. But it, this will be a great service because we have an operator that will finally get some signage for the community up there. And during ski season, they have it well marked, and you see the trails it much more easily. But during uh, the summer, there's so many different pathways and roadways and people coming from different locations, it is easy to
10: get lost. Up there.
4: People need to look yeah, up not and not, not at your iPhones when they're uh, walking. S- really out of town
6: too.
10: I Actually, like last to work weekend work. I was up there and you I, got lost well, well, you I
3: didn't get, get lost for long, but I did take the wrong <laughs> trip, I, I, in that anyway, high I had to turn around and, and, and go back again. up, which I never liked doing. Yeah.
4: Um, but along those lines, Kevin is being really aggressive in his marketing and the Highlands Homeowners Association... Mm-hmm. Did an email blast with his flyer at his request, so he is he's being really aggressive and doing a really good job. And the neighbors,
3: I mean, I think that speaks great things that the Highlands homeowners yeah. are supporting that activity. Yeah,
11: yeah, they definitely. Are. And then one other thing uh, we talked a little bit about when Scott was presenting uh, golf, but the bocce ball court is under construction. Uh, mm-hmm. If you uh, if you go drop by there and check it out, it's going to be a really cool amenity. We're excited about it. One, not two. Right now, at this point, we're building one due Where's to permit out? restrictions. What's that? Where is it at? Um, green? By, right by the practice putting green nice. there in the trees there. Um, so um, we're hoping to have that completed next week and have that thing open and going and get some people playing bocce. There's a lot of people that are excited about it. We're excited and staff uh, about how it's, how it's coming out and how it looks. And, well, it's going to be great
10: we coverage issues
3: resolved yeah. We The coverage issues uh, are resolved with that, um, as far as the overall, um, it's a temporary use, and they're going to allow us to adjust those coverage issues when we do our final land capability verification. We only got permits to do one court because of the SEZ. Mm-hmm. We made the decision not to fight and challenge the SEZ determination. We had to move 10 feet out from the SEZ. Thereby, we had to narrow the court. And in order to hopefully have a second court installed, and I do, I am hopeful we can get a second court in later this summer. Great, <clears throat> but there's a tree roots, and it, it's challenging um, going through the permitting process. So, but uh,
14: we're 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 getting there. Hope so. for another big storm, rainstorm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Bob, I have a question for you. Uh, are you monitoring the safety on our bike trails, accident history, or? getting any stats on
11: that Um, we do get reports from the fire department when there's an accident and they and they go out and um, show up or do some kind of uh, rescue or something so we get reports from that um, and then word of mouth um, but that's really the amount of the level that we get as far as reports but we've always got our ears open every time that fire truck takes off down the hill I'm watching where it's going and if it's heading down the Truckee River I'm thinking. You know, it's a good chance it could be an accident on the river or something like that. So, um, we're monitoring as, as uh, the best way that we can.
14: What happens when, just like in that situation, do you like, do we have a monitor here? So, and when you say you watch where it goes, how do you find out where it goes?
11: Well, I'll talk to my staff. I'll talk to my staff and say, hey. I, for instance, um, I could be driving home and see, see. and see an ambulance or truck pulled could off pursue and pursue it
14: further than I, with somebody who might be closer. Yeah. Or I'll
11: stop and just get out and see what's going on instead of just driving by it. But so so we're just keeping our ears open and and that's 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 what we're doing as far as monitoring safety.
9: And once if I may chime in, once they we do get notified, we keep a
3: file.
2: Is there an increase in accident rates?
3: I haven't seen it.
10: I
2: haven't seen it.
3: Okay knock on wood, please.
10: Yeah, you're wood now. And yeah, we are scheduled to pave it after. The-
3: well, before maybe you want to give a status on that? I don't know what our status is on the overlay. I think there's been some challenges with that, but I, don't,
11: um, I haven't well, asked. I, well, the engineering department's working with, uh, with, with the designer t- uh, as far as uh, uh, design. So we're in design uh, to, to prepare to uh, do an overlay this fall. Is it?
10: I thought we were just going to do the overlay as it, as it is. <laughs> I mean, how... And we weren't going to do, because it's going to take two or three years to do the design one foot wider on each side type of thing. No, I
3: think the the issue, Eric, is that um, there's sections that doing the overlay, of course, then you have a very steep shoulder that you have to come back and backfill, even if you just overlay the existing. And there's some problems with the existing infrastructure that we're looking at maybe doing a rehab. Is that correct,
6: Bob?
11: Yeah, I mean, I I think we're looking at options right now about whether you do a, a grind and repave. You know, or an overlay. I think that's why we've uh, hired this consultant to to design us and give us a, our options. Um, but I looking I at haven't at been updated recently about where we are yeah. in, in that process.
3: No, I think they're looking at a number of different options there. But uh, I think one of the questions for this board that you know that we'll be challenged with is the expenditure of funds and and uh, with. Depending on you know how much we try to do this year, and then also uh, what I've been working with the resort association and the other special districts, trying to get more maintenance money out of TOT funding, because bike trails are so widely supported. Should we use all of our own tax money to do that, or should the visitors be helping pay for those for those overlays and uh, such? They use them. They use them, especially the Truckee River Trail. I mean, there's no doubt people from Truckee and Alpine and Squaw, and right now.
10: The Trekkie River Trail is not in really great shape, in my yeah.
3: opinion, so yeah. I would... No, we're we we're in complete agreement. It's a matter of two, a couple different things. And it's on our capital plan, yeah. right? We yes. have,
10: have 300,000 dollars. I'll ask yeah. Matt to
3: make sure to brief you on this at the next meeting. I'm sorry I'm not as up to speed on what, that project.
2: Are we proactive in promoting safety on bike trails, or should we be?
11: Um, we're proactive. I mean, our, our recent wayfinding signs that we put up, we put up trail etiquette. Um, we have a, uh, a video on our website that talks about trail etiquette and safety. Um, so we have, we've done some things real recently within the last year as much as we can. We're stenciling more the, the, the etiquette onto the onto the trail pavement because that's responses we're getting from the users is that they, 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 they look at the stencils more than they do the signs on what stencils on the pavement. So. Um, we're doing everything we can to try to manage a very highly used trail with multiple use. Um, so there are challenges all the time, but um, we have come up with some recent ideas working with Kelly.
2: There's a hot spot down there where we have a center line on the trail, and it turns goes into Sugar Pine, and there's no center line. And I've had several near misses right in there where that little bridge
11: is. So sugar pine, um, that trail and sugar pine is it belongs to the state. Uh, we we do some sweeping for them when we go through early in the spring, but other than that, uh, we don't typically maintain that portion of the trail.
2: Well, I think we should have some kind of a warning there that you know, this a blind uh, turn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> come around on yeah. the wrong yeah. yeah. sides. Yeah.
3: Welcome to State
14: it's Park. Pursuing on that safety thing, um, some, when do we do that? Do we do bike trail survey, or is that already happening? No, you? we do that in August. Yeah. August? Mm-hmm. And i uh, ignorant as to what is in that survey at this time now, but is, do we hit on any... Have you encountered any safety problems, or have you seen accidents on... You know, exploring that as a question on there, or maybe that's too difficult of a thing. But you know, are there some unsafe spots you've seen here, or again, have you witnessed accidents? Just a we actually, I,
9: well, we we um, okay. I'll just chime in for a sec. Bob and I have been working on it for this year. Is there's actually something that's been in there for years on the maintenance, where oh, there's a box where they can rate it: poor, good, it. Yeah. you know, very good, excellent. Yeah. And then um, an area for comments. So it's specific. I forget the exact words, but it's about the operations and maintenance, Uh any concerns, what have you. The other thing I wanted to chime in, Bob, one thing you left out that you guys do for safety is um, the – what did they change the name to? The bike rodeo, where there's a whole focus on bike safety.
11: Right. Yeah. Thank you. You know, the the, the areas that um, come up to be the biggest concern regarding safety are crosswalks, areas where they're crossing the highway. Um, Those are the areas – what, what I've been struggling with is, is to get Caltrans to paint those crosswalks. We don't have the ability to go out and paint those crosswalks on, on their property or on the, on the highway. So I, I did write a letter um, recently requesting that, that certain crosswalks, especially down the West Shore, get repainted. Yeah, one in Sugar Pine, then, um, the, the, the one in Sugar Pine, then? The one in Sugar Pine, for several reasons, they describe why they won't paint some of them because of uh, distance, uh, sight, Uh, The proper signage is in on either end, that kind of thing. Um, But they have committed to paint, uh, I think, three of the six that I requested um, and said that they were in the area, Uh, the painting crew was in the area to do that. I did see the paint crew out there, but they have not done the crosswalks yet. So um, I struggle every year to get that done, um, but we are on it. I I know that's one of the biggest complaints we get is just people are concerned that there's no crosswalks across the highway crossings.
2: Where do you stand on the Meeks Bay leg? Where the transportation group is handling that, right?
11: Yes, they are, and I've been a part of that um, uh, design or that—I uh, can't remember what it was called—the design team. Or the, I've been attending the meetings down at South Lake with all the agencies and all the players, and that's that's moving along. It's in design right now. I think we've even reviewed um, maybe fifty percent designs at this point.
2: Okay. Thank you.
11: Okay.
2: Anything else? Tony,
13: you have um, updates. Yeah, just one update. I forgot to include it on my report that on June first, I attended the Tahoma Meadows Homeowners Association meeting slash Mutual Water Company meeting. Um, and uh, boy, what a what a what a great group of homeowners! I mean, they were, you know, they're just so tickled to have us. I offered that I would them. go to
3: this Saturday meeting, but I think Tony knew it was going to be a love fest, so he wanted <laughs> yeah. to
13: know. That's not the reason I went, but. um, Knew they
4: were technical questions. No, they, they, they're so
13: appreciative of everything we're doing for them, and um, you know, it it was funny because it, when, you know, they were doing their report, the water company said, and so they came to the point where they were discussing water quality, and you know, it's like every year they can't say anything good because of how poor their water system is, and the quality of their water and the arsenic, and um, so, you know, as, as the guy stated, the guy who's kind of running the system for him, he says it's kind of a thankless job because every time he has to report something, it's always bad. Um, so I think they're just so happy to, to to be a part of our system, for us to be running the system for him now, and then uh, the pipeline um, that's in the works, and so um, I just wanted to kind of extend their appreciation to you guys for supporting this project. and. Uh, supporting the consolidation with them and
8: so, so. the expectation is that this fall they will be interconnected. Into yes system. Yeah,
13: there's a slew of projects that have kind of come across the board here in the last two board meetings and uh, You know we're out to bid on on all the projects and yeah by by October 1st. We hope to have um, everyone connected and uh, the meters in and the pipeline complete and so
3: And they're happy with our rates even yeah. Even though their rates are going up.
13: Yes. Yeah. That, you know, I, they they come into that. You know, there's a few people there who I think abuse the water, and so I think the majority of them feel are happy that sort of justice will be served. You know, pay for what you use. Mm-hmm. So.
3: And then do you want to give them a quick update on the Sunnyside manhole. We gave sewer and water committee that.
13: Update. Yeah. We. Uh,
3: Tony's crews did an outstanding job.
13: Yeah, we were. Um, through our normal televising of the West Shore export um, line. This year, which we do every five years this year, the TV crew brought up to us a potential issue um, that appeared to be a significant amount of water coming into a manhole from the, just bubbling up from the bottom of the manhole. Um, so typically that section of line is is surcharged with about a foot of water. That's how it normally operates. That's, that's how it's designed to operate. Um, so you, uh, but when we TV it, we we dropped the level in the line to be able to see the entire line, and that's when this <coughs> sort of bubbling up kind of kind of came, you know, was was more visible. Um, and so uh, we shut down the line um, last week and uh, let it drain out, got the water out of there, um, and uh, sure enough, there's a pretty good sized crack that's started as a crack and has manifested it more into a. Uh, a hole uh, in the bottom of the manhole. Um, you know, we're about 250 feet from the lake, but it's relatively flat. Uh, the elevation change is, isn't that much from where we are to where the lake is, so I estimate it's probably about five feet underwater as far as where the lake level is. So th- there's a pretty decent amount of hydrostatic pressure pushing that water up and out of that manhole. So uh, we're working with a grout vendor to and, and mountain pipeline to come up with a repair solution. Um, but, you know, it, it's a significant amount of water, um, and uh, we're, we're trying to work out the solution. We've got to shut down the line. We've got other work to do at the Sunnyside pump station as well, which we need to do with the, with the station shut down. So we're, we're thinking that we're, we're going to go ahead and hold off until September or October. Uh, the lake level will come down probably a few more feet. Um, where it is will ho- hopefully slow down the water a little bit and give us a better chance to repair that. As well as we have a whole host of other projects we want to do at Sunnyside, so.
3: I did um, report this to Marsha Beals at Area Manager's meeting and told her about our timing that we were probably not going to do it till fall and the reasons for that, so
6: was comfortable right. with that. Okay. Next.
3: <clears throat> Kelly, did you have any updates? Okay, then I had a couple. Um, we, uh, Kelly's been working with the Conservancy on funding for the Homewood Bike Trail. And we now have a new program manager, Sue Ray Ireland, will be running um, that grant for us, for the construction grant and finishing out the Homewood Project, um, which is a a great, I think, great transition in staffing at the CTC for us. Um, uh, We've we've had some challenges (laughs) with the staff member that's been overseeing our our project for some time. Um, But through that process, um, the conservancies. Legal counsels raised a few concerns, so we're dealing with uh, some issues on the CEQA. And there's very minor issues. They're specific to the alignment that goes up San Suci, uh, and outlining that more specifically. The board has adopted that. We were very public in our adoption of that, so I don't see that as a major issue. The other one is that now TRPA has no coverage issues mm-hmm. uh, for the trails, which just yesterday EPA approved, so now it's implemented. So which will be a great, a great effort for all future trails that you won't have to go out and acquire that coverage like we did for Lakeside or anything else. So it's a ministerial issue there as well. And then the third item was apparently they've had some issues with some of the bridges they've constructed that have blocked scenic areas. Um, obviously this bridge is not a scenic area. It'll be an at-grade level bridge. It's a small bridge. So... We don't think it's an issue at all. And uh, TRPA is con- is confirming that. But we're working through those issues. And, and uh, Kelly will be submitting for the grant funding, I think, for their September board meeting for construction grant.
8: So. The, is the goal with that project that we would, that Caltrans would actually construct it, or yes. it still is? We're still moving.
3: Uh, Matt anticipates he's going to have a yes on that question at the staff level without us going to Jody Jones uh, to request it. If that's the case, he will know later this month. I think think this coming week he has a meeting with Caltrans where he's hopeful he'll get a yes. If he doesn't, then we'll look at a political um, approach to the situation. But he's pretty confident he's going to get a yes and that they will be amending their, they'll do a change order probably in January of next year to amend it into their project. Right. We have to. We, we will have to, to front play. load all the funding for the project, and what therefore why we're going to be going back to the resort association and to the CTC to make sure we have the money uh, in the bank and ready to advance as much as we can.
8: So there's really two issues: one, getting Caltrans to agree to request a change order <coughs> for the work, and then two, making sure that the the value on the change order change order appears reasonable.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So we'll keep you posted on that, but Matt was very optimistic that at the staff level they, and Roy Iskin, is in the field down there, completely agrees that to come back and, and do to transition the driveways and everything else and then come back in and do a bike trail a year later is just crazy. Build all those transitions. It's much easier to administer the field order changes to, between the highway, the trail, and the driveways, and the property owner impacts all at one time. So... Uh, Matt's very optimistic but we'll keep you posted. Um, Second item is we've been working on... uh, we knew we had our 75th, I reported to you, and then we found out it's also the town's 150th uh, uh, anniversary this year that the first town site map was uh, um, adopted and there's actually articles in a number of uh, newspapers that we were able to find uh, Saying that a few hardy souls had decided to winter over in Tahoe in a place called Tahoe City, 1863. So with that, we're working with the historical society and um, a number of community members to put on a variety of events. I think you've received these, but I'll pass these down. Um, And uh, most specifically, uh, I've asked Laura Reed to do a series of articles. She's interviewing um, past board members and other folks and she'll be interviewing each of you and then talking a little bit about the TCPUD in a series of articles uh, starting uh, probably in July and running through till the end of the year, um, probably six to eight articles in the newspaper and I think she's come up with a good out- outline of that, documenting our history and also tying it to the community's history. And it's funny being at the meetings because I, I really do see us as the community. Um, but there are people who still see us as government and the community something different. But yet, when you look at our history, so much of what we went through was solving the community's problems uh, and addressing issues that the community needed us to address. So, I think it's, it's um, been an exciting um, process, but do please hold that date for Saturday, August 31st, for our celebratory dinner. We thought it, not that many people would want to, probably want to come just to a 75th for the town, uh, for the Pewdie, but for 150th for the town, um, doing a combined dinner with the Historical Society. Melanie Jackson will be catering it, and we've had a series of meetings with her. She's really doing a great job. <coughs> so we'll, we'll be back in touch with the presentations and the events for that weekend. But
8: well, well, what's, what's the time of that event?
3: Uh, right mm-hmm. now we're talking about 4 o'clock reception and 5.30 mm. dinner. Yeah early um, because we won't, we don't want to have we're all to... old.
4: It's well, we didn't, to <laughs> we didn't want to have to rent heaters,
3: we didn't want to have to rent heaters and try to have uh, to have all that, uh, on, um, you know, available. Well,
14: there's a pub crumb afterwards, so we wanted to get done. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: yeah. There's a couple-hour sure. program to like,
3: really yeah. talk about the history of the town is going to take a couple hours, so. Um, and then... Thirdly, I wanted to do a shout out to the parks crew and Harry for picking the color and getting our boardroom repainted. Yeah. Um, we hadn't no, repainted since 96 when we moved in the building. Um, and we uh, will be doing some other painting in the office, uh, main office as well that we will use this green again uh, with that. The large map that was behind Kelly will be going on that wall and will be oriented north-south, so you'll have a large aerial of our mm-hmm. district, but it will just be oriented in a way you understand what it yes. is now. <laughs> and they're It'd looking at how to hang that. So, um, I, and then I, I'm sorry, final,
8: the, the dinner location? Gatekeeper's Cabin. Gatekeeper's, Gatekeepers. <laughs> Gatekeepers Cabin. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> What's
3: it's also the 100th anniversary of the dam, and the Bureau of Reclamation is going to do a reception on that Friday. And then also do dam tours uh, on that Saturday before the reception. So it'll be, a, I think, a lot, a lot of fun and a lot of things going on. And then finally, I forgot to print out and bring in and read to you exactly what the county said to me, but you did request at the last board meeting that I give you a report from the county on the T- on the Tahoe Community Center. Um, I will forward right. that email to you, but I did receive an email back from Mary Dietrich. Um, the county wants to honor the longstanding relationship they've had with the PUD um, and uh, continue such a relationship.
14: But they own it, probably. But they own it. I I'm not sure
3: if we
8: want to honor it, though. Yeah.
3: Well, I understand that, so um,
8: I, mean, I will share that. I taking care of their property for them at no cost. I'm not sure that's in our interest. That's, that's, that's right, the part of the relationship
4: they'd like to honor. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that, but. So. You don't like
2: to get paid in honors.
4: So it was our first
3: step. I did ask to try to get a response by today because I asked first that somebody attend the meeting and give a report. Uh, They just accepted the fire department at their Tuesday board meeting, the fire station, is
4: now county property. quick claim deed was signed yesterday. Yes, so uh, now
3: the next step will be the TCC. So I will push harder to get uh, more substantive uh, discussions going with the county as to what this really means and the long term. Uh, of the maintenance on that building. So I apologize I didn't bring the email in to read to you. I did forward it to our Parks and Rec Committee already, so Judy and Ron have seen it. And uh,
4: do you remember what it said, or did you? They honor our relationship. Yeah. Keep
14: doing what you're doing.
4: (laughs) So that has
3: impacts as to what we do long-term I think was
14: that how they would set it up if your board feels it's important (laughs) to do so. Right. That kind of common. Right. So. Uh, if we feel it's important, they'll go ahead and give us a long-term acknowledgement right, to continue spending the money. Is
2: that built on the property that was granted to the people of Tulsa yes. City by yes. Ulysses S. Grant? Yes. <clears throat> Yes,
3: it is, and, and their and uh, legal opinion, and I think Steve concurs, is that in absence of a town government, the county is the local government that uh, the beach belongs to. And that the buildings probably are appended. I'll let you speak to it. Well. Yep,
12: That's fine.
1: Yes. <laughs> Prescriptive easement, is not Not on government property. <laughs> okay.
3: So uh, I did. I do apologize. I don't have that with me, but I can get it to you before you leave if you want to see a copy of it. And to print that out. And that's all I had, Lou. Okay. Question for
2: Cindy.
3: Anna? Oh, Anna is um, with the the school,
6: school district.
3: district, and she's in there. Yeah, she's in their facilities department. She's an architect there, and um, Bob has worked, Bob and Roger have worked very closely with her on all these projects at Rideout, and we really felt her saving our taxpayers that kind of money was outstanding her efforts and uh, wanted to commend her to... that uh, was on the boiler, right? It was on the boilers, but also she's helped us on numerous projects with the playground, the, the kitchen remodel and DSA and some of their craziness. If I could say that. So, <laughs> Bob, if you want to speak to more.
11: Um, just to say what an asset she is at the school district. She's very easy to work with, very helpful through through everything we've done at Rideout and our relationship with her has been excellent. So um, just uh, just I mean Cindy pretty much hit it and the letter reads reads for itself. But uh, yeah we really appreciate our relationship with her and how helpful she is at the school district with all of
14: our projects. There's the main force in getting that whole North high Middle school remodeled done. Right.
3: I'll read you this email real quickly because I have it now. I had an opportunity to meet with David Bosch and other county staff regarding your email. While the county does assert its ownership of Tahoe Commons and the buildings on the property, the county desires to maintain the current long-time relationship with the TCPUD relative to its continued use of the community center and visitor center buildings. We are open to pursuing an agreement that memorializes this understanding that that is of importance, import, important to your board. We value the leadership the TCPUD demonstrates in past and ongoing initiatives with community visioning and look forward to our joint opportunities to plan and utilize this property to its greatest advantage in the future. And then she told me she'd be in the office to discuss this further. So, so I will continue
4: to pursue that.
14: Yeah. Was there, uh, has there been any further conversation? I don't know what the conversation would be with the fire department. Uh, as far as them saying they will give it to the county when they had, I think, in our contract, given us some opportunities uh, to have a decision in that destiny of that building.
3: Yes, at the NITRAC meeting, I talked to Chief Schwartz and I pointed out the, um, the agreement that we had in our MOU with the fire district that said we had first right of refusal when they dispose of the building to look into it. His feeling was he wasn't disposing of a building. The county was already asserting their ownership, and he had really no control over it. The county was saying it's ours. So our disagreement would really be with the county.
6: Yeah, that's <laughs>
1: yeah I don't disagree. Um, it's, so how much does the fire department owe us for that property then?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, I think it's sort of a... a, a very dynamic, confusing situation right now because there's a number of agencies that think that they're overseeing something on behalf of somebody else, and and I think it's just really sort of confusing right now. and not
2: you agree? Sounds like we've been had by the fire
6: department
2: no, I mean, again. No, I no, I don't think the fire. I, don't I don't want to clarify so that the fire department. Yeah
3: really has no authority to do anything with us when the county what the county is saying the same thing they say for tcc is that they own the buildings would this the county that the fire department had no ownership of that building to dispose of
8: right would would this be an appropriate agenda item for either our july or august board meeting maybe not necessarily to take action but just to get a maybe a little bit of history on what the pud's Relationships have been to those to the property management over there, what the county's position is, just so that we're all mm-hmm. we've all got a solid understanding as solid as can be mm-hmm. of kind of the existing. I think that would be really helpful so
3: if I could ask. I, I would like to be part of that discussion, and I unfortunately have to be out of town at our July board meeting, so okay. i and that'll be the first board meeting in five years, I guess. So, <laughs> apologize for that, but my. That's
14: the only time the I get together with my daughters. family, so we uh, could, in could your, do
3: it is in August. Is that sure. in your contract? If you can miss one. I sure on that AGM was going to be in town that meeting. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. that I that waiting today. until
4: August might be a good idea because I don't think we're going to know much more in four weeks than yeah. than today um, because the county's position was, we'll decide and get back to you. Yeah. And um, I just I don't I think August. I think is so they be actually use timing. the word
14: internally on that
4: yes I think they
3: did I did ask uh, in in addition to that I did ask for the 150th and 75th anniversaries that the fire station be allowed to be used over and I haven't had a response to that yet for I asked the county specifically on behalf of the historical society um, and ourselves that it be open that Labor Day weekend so they could park the old fire truck in there and have some exhibits about the old fire service as part of the historical walks through town Celebrating that, I have not mm-hmm. heard back from them, but um,
2: okay, that's okay. Ugly, so August, I can so tell you. But you we will bring it, it back mm-hmm. in August okay. for see. Okay, which one are we on now, Cindy? Uh, I think we're at
3: correspondence, and I wanted to commend Terry on correspondence. That we have seen other districts that actually list out the correspondence. She looked at me and said, Oh my gosh, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> a lot of listening to said. do because we put a lot in correspondence. Um, But I hope it's helpful to you uh, to be able to glance at this and decide what you want to scan Mm -hmm. through versus uh, having such a large pile of of correspondence. And we'll work to streamline that. We give you a lot of uh, documentation. Sometimes it's not directly relevant to the district, but uh, it's for your information, like the Highlands Homeowner's Newsletter and that sort of thing, When we
4: receive those. So. I, I have a question in correspondence. Yeah. Are, we, are we making a donation to the fireworks? Do we traditionally do that? No, no. Okay. We Thank traditionally you. don't. Thanks. I wanted to let you know that. And they
3: let's asked, not start yeah. we, we traditionally, yeah. and we traditionally do a whole lot for the fireworks. So That's what I thought. maybe when we I could get contributions. Saw so. the letter. And I was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm I'm personally volunteering for the fireworks. But. We don't have any plan to give anything to UC Davis. Do we no.
4: Oh yeah, that was the other donation. Yeah. Okay. Great. Is there any Unless the board
3: wants, I, want, I like to let you know about those requests, but I don't take action on those.
2: Well, it does bring up a point. Is there any reason that we can't do an insure, internship, Tony, on in that field, or is there a need for that in your area, hydrology? An
13: can internship. You
2: <laughs> Thank you, Candice. you are asking about? for a donation, but if we can take one. Oh, okay budding star down there and bring them up here and the system. what's what? Hydrology analysis. Is there anything you need done Right, right. You thought
13: so. about? It? Um, we have talked about it um, in different levels, but we haven't really pursued it. It's um, you know, our our summer season's so short to get everything done. It's one of those things that that uh, would add to our load, but it's certainly something Cindy and I could talk about.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm thinking in terms of maybe it's a multi year internship.
13: Right. Well, I'll I'll review. I'll review what what the situation is and I'll discuss it internally with Cindy.
2: Sure. Okay. Thank you. Is there anything else here? Anybody has any interest in it? Okay. John? Judy,
14: anything? We're on board, comments.
2: Yes.
6: Board
14: correspondence. 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 Oh.
2: Nothing?
14: No, okay. I like the bottom item the best. That's
2: adjournment. <laughs> <laughs>
14: Various news publications and coverage. That's the good stuff.
2: Any director's comments, Judy?
14: No. Ron? Yeah. Um. Uh, comment I was going to make when um, Scott was here, but he he mentioned that $150 week pass, which I thought sounded like really hot stuff. I mean, I think that would be really good. If you're going to put something else in the booth, that flyer might be good Mm -hmm. in there too. And I was going to mention to him that uh, if, and maybe they're all over it, but uh, they do some good marketing and then they seem to miss some obvious ones sometimes. But that that would be a good flyer for the... uh, Uh, vacation rental places uh, Mm -hmm. and particularly Mm -hmm. the ones you can get in the homes as uh, you know the motels hotels are kind of but the homes Mm -hmm. are really good I can the three houses on my cultus heck I'll have a bulletin board for guests you know type of thing uh, but I think that sounded like a neat one Um, the uh, uh, Bob mentioned it but there was uh, Placer County Board of Supervisors through recommendation of all of us did approve money to do 30 wayfinding signs throughout the Burton Creek State Park and the conservancy land coming out of the Highland Center for the bike park, which is going to be uh, really good. And they're being done in the, the same wayfinding design standards that these signs have been done out here, the ones at the, the uh, transit center. And we're just now, uh, we, we uh, have, as a, again, community worked on the design guidelines for several years, and that was finalized. And the next step was to put together a um, site master plan of specific locations throughout the whole resort triangle for wayfinding signage that would be uh, oriented to uh, the roads as well as uh, some pedestrian places. And it would combine a lot of signs that are scattered all over and have them all in one design theme. And um, through my organization, we're starting on Monday to go through a process of um, in in that in that uh, master site plan, there's about 63 signs, but they won't all be built at one time. So we're going forward with the first 15 uh, to get try to get funding for that. And where I'm going with this is that uh, those first 15 are going to be in the Highlands area, including trying a couple in the neighborhood to to get people to the schools and to the Nordic Center in there, and then. In uh, along the, the main highway there in the Lake Forest area, which would include one, at least when you turn on the Lake Forest Road, but that will point to the various facilities, be that the county facilities or Skylandia Park, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and then the, the third area, which won't be all of the signs designated for Tahoe City, but the ones that are more pedestrian-oriented that will point out places you can go in Tahoe City. Um, for instance, one at the corner of the parking lot where you turn down uh, the road to the Commons Beach to signify that. Another one sort of where the boat works are is, and one more that way. And then coming back, uh, there'll be a, um, two on one by the the auto parts store and one fairly close to the bus shelter that would have the ability to say, golf course or whatever. And that wording, we will go over with um, us to see if we want to say golf course, Tahoe City Sports Park, whatever the heck is going on there. But that will be, I mean, it's smaller signage, but some identification that should be considered with the, the bigger one that you have going there. Um, the last thing, and I can't remember if I mentioned it last year, but or last month, but I should have if I didn't, is that the uh, North Lake Tahoe area has been um, granted what's called Bicycle-Friendly Community designation, which is a national and international designation that's used throughout a lot of marketing and uh, notifications to visitors and um, bikers that this is a, a good place and they can rely on good trails, good signage, good safety programs, and we'll continue to work on building those safety programs. And one of the <clears throat> um, strong points in that application process was the um, the trail system of the Tahoe City Public Utility District, the signage system, and the programs like the bike rodeo that are put on. So it was a, a good uh, part of getting that um, bronze award. It's a four-year award. You can move up to platinum or whatever. It's, but uh, and we're going to be working now with uh, some of the bike shops, too, for furthering programs that will strengthen the, the uh, Bicycle-Friendly Community designation.
2: Okay. Thanks, Ron. Eric, do you have any director's comments?
10: Mm, I can't think of any at the moment. Okay.
8: Thanks. Uh, question. Uh, or a question. The, I think at our last board meeting we talked about this project. Uh, mailer that would be a poll on our voting structure what's the status of that i'm
3: sorry i have not gotten to that i did talk to one of the directors yesterday who suggested that we will get working on it this coming week okay cracking the whip
2: i have one question Mm -hmm. has anybody noticed
14: (laughs) i think it might be better if we look be looking at the end of summer Well um, at least getting the, the get language then we can decide when to circulate it. Yeah. No, but I, uh, I apologize but I, I didn't, didn't get to anything it this month. And that's the only one way you'd get going
5: with it if I get something.
2: I have one closing comment on the director's comments, and that has to do with the heritage plaza sign. Are you aware of that big ugly aluminum sign that's been tacked on to that expensive sign on both sides?
11: I'm aware of the display case yeah. on the bottom of it. That's been there for.
14: He just said some uh, uh, some aluminum sign that's been tacked on it. Onto it? Well, it's a,
2: by it's, it's, well, it's a display case, but it's pretty ugly. So the
11: oh. display case has oh. been there for four probably years on I mean, that on that sign. I don't get to that
1: side of the street or that far. In
11: the oh.
2: <laughs> is it? Is there
1: unsightly
11: <laughs> flyers the in camp,
0: it?
2: Is yeah. that it? No, it's it's well, there's mildew in it. Maintenance.
6: okay.
2: Here you got a probably a five thousand dollar sign mm. with an aluminum display case uh, glued to it.
11: So I'll take a look I at mean, that. Whose
2: who's responsibility is that? I think
11: I think we put that up. So, so, quite a long time ago, and, and it's been displaying information for us on for the TC
2: Baker. The other was, we
14: have to look at that I don't yeah. know Bob when we go on our moon time walk through. <laughs> yeah. On okay.
3: board follow-up I have, uh, when we bring back the rate study, uh, we'll look at the fire service billing along with the many other issues that we'll be dealing with, but specifically to call that one out and take a look at that again. Um, we will, uh, a suggestion was made that we make sure we have flyers for both the kayak, paddleboard concession, and the golf course weekly pass at the booth at concerts and other booths that we might have available. I'll ask Matt and Bob to uh, provide a report on the Trail Overlay, um, Truckee River Trail Overlay Project. And we'll also look into that, uh, some sort of trail or warning at the hotspot as we transition into Sugar Pine Point State Park. And uh, come back at the August meeting with a full uh, history and report on the Tahoe Community Center and Commons Beach uh, issues with the county. And I think it's important to also talk about the maintenance level at Commons Beach, because that's been an ongoing concern for us, that we're subsidizing that very heavily as well. So we'll tie both of those together and probably should be part of any negotiation. And then um, just now, Bob will look into this display case at Heritage Plaza. Just
14: Just this one date change is the only thing on this uh, schedule that's different? That's correct. Just that one? Good, because that's all I could find.
6: Yeah,
3: um, and on that agenda, you have a, it's a it's a pretty quick agenda. We may ask you to appoint uh, at that meeting a negotiating committee. Um, we might add an item to that agenda to appoint a negotiating committee to work with the marps on
2: the uh, water system acquisition. I will be out of town David. for July
4: second. Okay. okay. That right. That's
10: say. Okay. set up. Thank you. Great. adjourned.